Previously on Martini Giant. But the, here's the. I'm sorry, Chris. Just quickly, the thing about um, watching those films, and I think I just forgot what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. But you're going to say something good, though. I can tell. Yeah. Um, oh, who but- saw it? This is ADD time. Welcome back to ADD podcast. <laughs> WADD. WADD. What was that again? <laughs> I like broccoli too. Uh, welcome back to ADD podcast and Brussels sprouts. And no, but the thing is, uh, did you see Ad Astra? Argument from You're going to have to cut this whole fucking thing because it's going to ruin everything. <laughs> I don't fucking care, dude. It, you know. But the point is, a little rose and I mouth off. <laughs> That's a good quote. Mark that. <laughs> Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 30, which is the 2005 film Mirror Mask, directed by David McKean, featuring our special guest and brought to us by our special guest, Kat Elliott Vanderjat. And she is a wonderful person, and I have worked with Kat uh, over at Digital Domain on several features. Brilliant person, really cool, really cool, and you'll quickly figure out how cool she is. Uh, Really happy to have her on the podcast and be part of our show. Uh, uh, Mirror Mask is a very interesting film. Thank you, Kat, for bringing it to us. We uh, talk about several interesting things about it uh, at length during the podcast. But as you know, we always love to go off subject, so we do that as well. Uh, I think that Eric Sheely talks about Schnabel more than he talks about Mirror Mask, but, you know, of course, that's just Eric. Uh, nonetheless, it was a really fun to have her. I will note that this podcast is scheduled to come out on December 25th, so... For those of you that celebrate Merry Christmas, if you're listening to this after, I uh, hope you had a Merry Christmas and getting ready for a Happy New Year. Uh, I just want to thank all of our supporters because this is actually probably the, the last episode of 2019 uh, and it's the last episode of our first year. So I am super excited about the year that we've had uh, and it's really kind of cool to have that. So uh, if you are a listener, please make sure and let everyone know about this. There's now a, a, a nice library of episodes that people can listen to. So let your friends and family know if they would enjoy listening to this podcast. We'd really love to have their support. And if you are a regular listener and you are on Twitter, you know what to do. Yes, I'm talking about tweeting at La Colombe Coffee. That's all one word, at La Colombe Coffee and let them know how much we talk about their coffee on the podcast. It would be fun to do that. Uh, Anyway, I'm really looking forward to uh, continuing the podcast in 2020. And yes, we will kick it off with the episode that you guys all been waiting for, Titanic. So we have something to look forward to in a couple of weeks. All right. Thank you, everybody. Now, please enjoy Mirror Mask. Everyone needs to move their mics to their faces and yeah, not knock I'm, over I'm the 17 yeah. glasses that yep. they've got. And the mic has yeah, to be about one uh, fist away. Oh, I'm so excited. One fist away. Yeah. Yeah. Just like this. That's, or beard length. Like beard length for, for, for one fist away productions. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could be taken <laughs> many ways. <laughs> we got an office in Berlin and it's very pop. There it is. Oh, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to take a oh, wait, snapshot do I have of this for, uh, for La Colombe. For La Colombe. We're also oh, going to do this. I want to do a super supercut of La Colombe, uh, La Colombe uh, stuff that we've said and send it to them on Twitter. This we're going to. This is going to be a um, combo because you know they have a Twitter, right? You've oh, uh, you know, I, I, I follow and now have uh, some of this and, and try mention. it. It's a triple shot. Oh, you get the triple shot. I poured a little for myself. but oh, I'll can, take that. Yeah. Uh, Kat, are you familiar with our 
obsession with La Colombe? La Colombe. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is a coffee right. that uh, Kristen has gotten for the office. And we've tried it. And it's a, you know, kind of like a cold brew coffee. But it's really more of like a canned latte. Okay. But it's really cold latte. But it's really, really good. It's really, it's, latte, it's, really it's more like a latte that's in a can, I would think. <laughs> I, yes, it's true. But we so, really right? like it. Is and it we, sweet we, or is it not? Yeah, it's, it's creamy sweet. It's not okay. like sugary. It's got about a half pound of sugar, not yeah, a full it's about, pound. Yeah, it's only up to the so red line. You don't feel right the grains of the sugar. But yeah, but you know it's we there. We really, really like it. And uh, we talk about it on the podcast constantly to the point where now we're like, why aren't they sponsored? Well, let's be, let's, be <laughs> honest. let's be honest about that. Yeah. It's because we came to the realization on the podcast that no beverage company that distributes alcohol will sponsor us. So then we were like, okay, well, because who we're else could do it? You know, yes. yeah, it's either going to be you know one of these dudes or La Cologne. Here we're yeah. going to. I'm going to live. We have this a better right chance of getting MedMen to sponsor us. Than- <laughs> 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 You're right. Yeah, and then take a picture of some of the LA boards. represent. <laughs> I'm, this is, I'm, I'm tweeting this For out those too. who don't know, MedMen is a uh, 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 one of the many uh, very Fashion. popular marijuana dispensaries that's happening in uh, California. The most um, widely seen. The most widely seen. They have billboards and trucks. And yep. And when you walk into a MedMen store, it looks like an Apple store. Mm-hmm. It's pretty strange. Most of the dispensaries do. It's kind Now of, they do, yeah. It's kind of wild. Yeah, they get, they've gotten pretty fancy. Like being the the, the one I uh, was at with a friend of mine. Uh, for unless my kids think that I'm I'm doing other things in my off time, um, it looked kind of like maybe a dentist's office. <laughs> it was really weird. I was like, I was like, oh, like it had sort of bland art hanging on the right. It was like so. Were they wearing white coats? And- yeah, it was all. It was all. It was. It was so on the up and up that it was dull. And I was like, that's in, that's incredible. Like- we reached that level. Like it's it's like it's like the waiting room of like you know any you know lawyer's office and you're just buying dope. <laughs> it's amazing. The first one I went to was with my father-in-law, um, and I was about six months pregnant, uh-huh. and my husband had broken his shoulder uh-huh. at Burning Man. Uh-huh. So that we, sounds like a story it, in it's, itself. It's a wild story uh, all around. Um, so. We decided to go get him some, you know, like he didn't want to take the opioids that they had given him. So he's like, but he's in this incredible pain. So we're like, okay, there's a dispensary in Tahoe. Took a took a little drive. And so I'm here and I'm like, this is so unreal. Like I'm six months pregnant. I'm with my father-in-law. Like this is some parallel universe that I never thought I would be in. And I'm buying, you know, like... (laughs) gummies or something you know? <laughs> <That's so good. laughs> like yes. my cousin had like advised me on like what to get my cousin lives in like texas or something and he went gummies he went gummies he's like you know you gotta yeah. get the gummies actually it's the yeah. most it's the most pleasant yeah going down it was that and some in. cbd oil yeah, yeah that's what go. that's what and yeah it's funny and actually, you can put those together in like a soup and just stir it up and <laughs> just nice. let the gummy dissolve. Dissolve slowly into this gelatin <laughs> that you can get completely baked on yeah uh welcome Thank you. We're recording. Yes. Yes. We're, okay. We are. we are actually hey. recording now. <laughs> there we are. Like Eric. That. Eric knows you're, we're recording. Uh, <laughs> we have a guest tonight. Tell us about this guest. Kat and I have worked together at Digital Domain. Uh, I guess our first show was probably Tron that we worked mm, on together. Yeah. 2009? 2009. Well, yes. It was when I started because mm-hmm. uh, our 
around this time, maybe a little earlier. Mm-hmm. So 10 years ago. Crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tron was 10 years wow. ago? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's 2019. The oh second God. Tron was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brother. That's... Yeah. That makes me feel right. fairly old. Yeah. Fairly old. Because I remember I started out Tron, I guess, maybe at the end of summer or around then of 2009. And then uh, my son was born in December mm-hmm. of 2009. Wow. So, oh, yeah. wow. So, yeah, it was definitely. And he worked on it. He no just wrote him. I'm going to give you a little small story though, because there was a Show lot. Of, baby. There were several. There were several kids that were that were um, uh, born during the production. So, uh, including Joe Joe Kaczynski's mm-hmm. s- uh, son was born mm-hmm. around the same time as Brady, and so he was. I talked to Joe when we were rallying for getting production baby credits on Tron, <laughs> and they didn't have him. And I was like. I was actually more disappointed that those credits didn't happen than, you know, if my credit had been up there. I didn't really – Because you only have about. one chance at that, at that show baby credit. Show babies don't yeah, come along every day. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, so yeah, I yeah, was hoping yeah. for a production credit for Brady but didn't get it. Oh, man. Sure. Yeah, no, because I, I worked on the original Tron – what do you call it? Teaser that with the Comic Con teaser. Oh, not not the original Tron. <laughs> the original Tron. I worked on the original Tron when I was eleven. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, although I, I um, you also know uh, Richard, Richard Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I heard Richard Taylor has uh, has fallen ill quite oh, ill, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Yeah. I would. Uh, I, I saw him. How old is he? Oof, I don't know. He's got to be in his seventies. Yeah, I figure. Nice fella, really nice, nice fella. guy. Yeah, yeah, he gave me that amazing poster. Yeah, uh, there's a poster but next to the bathroom with the Tron poster, and it's got it's signed by him and Steve Lisberger, the director, Sid Mead, and yep. a bunch of other people. Yeah, it's wow. pretty dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I uh, I would see him uh, on occasion at the Pacific Dining Car. Mm. We would chat it up there. Santa oh, Monica Taylor? Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. on Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. A, quite a steakhouse. That is quite a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to say, uh, now this is in my drinking days, so this was uh, that, that was my favorite <laughs> for week. drinking. Yeah. yeah, back uh, when you were more of a Ron Swanson type. of I was character. a little bit more Ron Swanson than that. Right, than that you were, you know, yeah, peaty scotch and a on a thick steak, oh, medium man. rare. Don't say those words. You like steak that. anymore? Did you, give up, did you give up meat? Uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm sticking with the meat. Yeah, don't don't freak everybody. I don't want to freak everybody out. <laughs> I still have beard, still eat meat. <laughs> It's not, I, I just finished all the whiskey that I was assigned in, in this life. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's all there is to it. That's right. It's like you're you're in whiskey menopause. Mm. <laughs> Phase out. <laughs> you know, your, your body changes. Right. <laughs> that's how. That's how it goes. There you go. I like that. Although I really have to. Uh, uh, a friend of mine. Some point uh, you just run out of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine, we hadn't seen each other in a bit, and uh, he uh, knew that I quit uh, quit drinking, and uh, and I I saw him. He walks up, and we're going to have some dinner, and he's like, "Oh," and I was like, "What's up?" And he's like, "I I just figured you'd get skinny." <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. <laughs> I was like, "No, no, no." no, no. <laughs> I have, to, I have to eat so much more to keep this body wow. weight up now. I'm just saying. That is. <laughs> That's how it goes. What a douche. These are, these are my friends. These are my friends. <laughs> anyway, La Colombe. Oh we just live tweeted to Ken Stachnik and La Colombe. Uh, and you, you know who replied? Ken. Ken, Ken yes. Of course he did. I, I think he may have replied twice. 
<laughs> yeah, he says he said yes exclamation point exclamation point and so jealous. There we are. Hello, Ken. Hello, Ken. <laughs> One Shout of the biggest out. boosters and a uh, friend of the show. He's been on the show. Yeah, we should have Ken. We're back. almost we're almost angling towards making a, 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 um, a Twitch channel. Yes, we should think about it. I know, yeah. I know. I've been talking about it for a long. I just don't want to produce all that shit. There's so much to do. We have to get other people involved. Audio is like That's fine for me. Level. I can totally manage this an audio podcast. Right. Bank it up, release it. But once you get visuals involved, there's lots to delete. So my stuff would have to be track, roto and track. Everything. Everything. (laughs) And take the clips. And then, 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 you know, every time you do a Chris Walken impression, we got a deep fake you as Chris Walken. Mm. You sent that thing. (laughs) Not a bad idea. Not a a bad idea at all. I like that. I like that. Yeah, no, I think there, there are mostly ups and some downs to being on Twitch, but I would be famous with my son, so... I would, I, I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. Yeah, except we're talking about movies that never, never seen. That, this is he doesn't even re- really. He's he's never going to watch movies. No matter no matter what. It's not really? a bag. No, he's a video game. Kid. You know, it's funny because I was with my son at the dentist. Now you, you guys all met. He's been on the podcast, but he's been on the mm-hmm. podcast. And we were at the dentist, and they they they, they ref- we had a family dentist, and then they referred him to a pediatric dentist for a specific issue that he was dealing with so i'm sitting there in a waiting room in a, in a pediatric dentist and they're like they have a tv in the waiting room with cartoons playing on it and i looked at brain and i said you don't really watch cartoons anymore do you and goes nah <laughs> nah not anymore it's like what i was like so you I'm watch the ken birds films <laughs> he's like he's like you know my shows are frazier exactly. the office <laughs> if i watch cartoons it's like futurama hmm. Look, but he's, he's first nine. season of making a murderer. Nine. <laughs> no. Oh my no. goodness. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, they grow up so quickly. Uh, oh, God. He's such yes, a, well, it's funny. What's funny is that he keeps making references to these shows to his friends that are in like you know fourth grade, and right. they have no idea what he's talking about when he's like quoting Daphne from Frasier. You know, yeah, like, no, that's way outside. <laughs> the, that's way outside the ballpark for them. That's yeah. the way it goes. Frasier's yeah. Frasier's a. That's a reach. I'm I'm impressed. I'm surprised. Like, I, think I, I think that's very good fathering right there. Is I mean, it? Yeah. I don't know no, if it's I fathering because he just binge watches. It's like you know. Well, that may that may. I wake up it in out. the morning. <laughs> I wake up in the morning. You know, after you know sleeping in on Sunday, and he's already been up since six. And instead of watching Saturday morning cartoons, he's watched four hours of Frasier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. good. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we have had him on the podcast uh, before to talk about War of the Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he is a very sharp, uh, sharp child. <laughs> yeah. He has, Good uh, sense of humor. Lots of, lots, of, lots of thoughts about stuff. So yep. I think that uh, Frazier is right up, his, uh, right awesome. up his alley for sure. Okay. Uh, so what, we are already almost 12 minutes into this. We need to start talking about what was our choice. And this was Kat's suggestion. Ooh. I've never seen this movie. Before we start, can I just mention – People just watch a couple films. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Do, can I talk? <laughs> God damn it. I've never not given you a chance to We're talk. We're not going to go down that road, but yes, you always say that. Now, I just have been binging um, Julian Schnabel films. Oh, and yeah. Before yeah. Night Falls, I don't know. We'll have to look it up. That one blew my mind. Uh, Javier love, Bardem. Yeah, Javier Bardem. I think it must be his first role. With some of the greatest one of his fourth wall breaking I have ever seen. Yeah. It is so good to see that. And Sean Penn's in it. And yeah. And great, great film. What's his name? Um, Johnny Depp. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. And about then, that. so I did Basquiat. I watched mm-hmm. that a few times. It's good with uh, um, and then uh, Jeffrey Wright. I believe. Yes, yeah. that was his first breakout. Yeah, super good. Great. And uh, 
Yep. Whose phone's on the table? Oh, before night falls. There you go. Thank and, you. Uh, <laughs> it's so. Before night, it's just beautiful. I mean, he's got that language down. Oh, it's incredible! Such I can't a, believe that he hit because he, he goes from art to like directing, and it just instantly great at it. Very yeah. strange. Yeah. Yeah, no insane. joke. I I won't say this person's name, but I ran into somebody because he lived not far from me in the mm-hmm. West Village, and I ran into somebody, and we were on Sixth and Tenth, and I lived on Tenth and Bleecker, and I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" And we went to this yogurt shop right next to the dance studio from Carlito's Way, <laughs> yeah, where they right. filmed. Right? I, 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 right. You've told the story. What? That I told her not to take the that he's a douchebag. No, well, maybe it's a so different story. I go Somehow in there, there's a dance studio, and no, no, but Carlino's down those way, it's been in this <laughs> yeah, before. I've said because that was my neighborhood, right? And so I'm in this yogurt right. shop, and I and this person said I just interviewed for a certain high end position in for Schnabel, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that guy's such a douche, man. You don't want to fucking work for that guy. And I went through this whole thing. Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm happens. afraid I think I might have talked that person out of it. And I honestly, I was very convincing. And it was like, I saw the movie. I was like, oh, I totally oh, fucked that up. suck. <laughs> See, now you're going to get Just a strange, ruin you know. somebody's life. And- yeah, that's, that's how that goes. These are the choices you've made in your life, Eric. I know. <laughs> it's just, you know, if you knew who he was, you were like, there's no, no way. And I'll eat. Put the shoe foot in my mouth, the shoe in my uh, – I mean, honestly, it was like so mind-blowing how beautiful Basquiat was. Oh, it's great. And the music choices, they'd add like Keith Richards' The Nearness of You, which is from 78 Toronto yep. sessions where I was waiting a court date. Yep. Obscure stuff. And of course, he got permission for everything because he's friends with all those guys. Yeah, it's and the Pogues. I mean, that's beautiful. your – that's basically your zone. Um when you were there, right? That, that, yes. Yeah, the, you're connected with the nearness of you. And was I knew the, I, our wedding song. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a really? hoagie. <laughs> that's a hoagie Carmichael song. Yeah. And Keith was arrested. Keith, for, Keith did, did oh, a verse of it. He did. I have the bootleg because I, I I know the the, the Louis Armstrong one. Yeah. <laughs> Keith was arrested for heroin in '78. In Canada. Keith Richards and, does heroin? Yeah, he was. And he yeah. was arrested. So he was awaiting Wait, he was awaiting a court date. He was awaiting a court date. Right. So um to face the judge. And they said you can't leave the country. So he set up in the house and I think it was owned by uh, Alex Lyson a rush. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. I think it was like so they just and he just spent all day playing the piano and stuff. And there's a bootleg I bought on Bleecker Street of those recordings and I'll bring it. It's so beautiful, but it does on the piano. He's singing just nearness of you, and I've never heard that track anywhere except that bootleg from you, to buy Bleaker Bob's is a cheap place that sold, and it's still, on there. Do you still have the cassette? I have the disc, the yeah. the uh, the DVD disc. I bought it, um, and it shows. Key. I believe it's called a CD when it's CD. Music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, I'm riffing here, is, but the point is, it's such a beautiful cover of that yeah, song. Right. I mean, and it's just him on the piano. It's a little roughly, but it's the nearness. I of swear it. to God, like the, if the Coen Brothers ever want to make a sequel to Inside Lou and Davis, like 15 years later, they should come to you as the touchstone for that entire right. area. <laughs> like yeah, in the 80s. but that was look. That was but. That to me hit um, mm. really was beautiful, and I actually worked for the woman that um, discovered him. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching that again, uh, uh, her name was Anina Nose, mm. and I worked for her, and she put me in a studio. And this is the late eighties 
in the basement, which was his studio. So all the paintings of his and you know cleaning off a brush were all Basquiat stuff. Right. And she, no heat, man. And I'm licking envelopes in an overcoat, like, <laughs> and stamp putting stamps on next invitations. Fuck, she was the worst human being. Um, and so I, after three months, you know, and she hooked me up with this artist, to go, and we'd go to Canal Street to get supplies to build frames. Oh, man. I said, this guy's a douche. So I quit and went across the street and uh, worked for this company that I, I liked working for. Mm-hmm. And um, But the thing was uh, – it just brought back memories. And I knew I, my buddy um, from high school was friends with him because he was in the, he was like, just knew everybody. And he would go out with him. And I'd be like, my head would explode. Like, I would love to see what the transition was for him between art forms. You know, like, what was that day? No, not Schnabel, Basquiat. Oh, not oh Basquiat himself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So he would come, uh, he would come, and during the week, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I was out with Jean Michel. I was like, what? My head would explode. Because at the time, it was yeah, like sure. a big deal, but I wasn't cool enough. Oh, right? dude. But <laughs> the point is, the, these things happen. But uh, it was such a beautiful movie, and uh, Benicio del Toro. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and that's David, right. Bowie is, David Bowie is Andy Warhol. Yep. And um, Dennis Hopper is Bruno Bischoffer. Yeah, that's Bruno. right. Bruno. Yep. And it's like all these – and Shafra. And then like, he follows up with uh, Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which he is did, unbelievable. But he did. Diving Bell. And I've got to tell you, it's like but the he was a looks big like self-promoter. A- and as a painter, I didn't like him as a painter. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. But his um, bravado was like Picasso. But I just didn't feel like he had the chops like Picasso. Right. You know, there are other painters that I loved. And but he turns out to be a better filmmaker than Picasso a better was. filmmaker because yeah, he merges his visual with the bravado right. to get this. And it was such a perfect thing. But Basquiat to Before Night Falls Hot. And, but think about this too. His casting, like the casting on that is so genius on – like Basquiat mm-hmm. and Before Night Falls. So Jeffrey Wright's first breakout film and then his Dude, next movie was Javier Bardem's f- breakout film. It's like that's pretty damn good casting yeah. and it's so beautiful. It's There's a fil- there's a lang- visual language in it that is is poet. It's yeah. really beautiful. You don't yeah. see that a lot and to watch it again, I hadn't would you, watched would you, do you, do you own that or do you watch it? I own it. Okay. I'll bring them in if you want to borrow them. Yeah, I'm going to see this again. They're not. Are they on uh, Criterion? Criterion. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think we'll they're check, on Criterion. But I, I believe one of the. I believe Before Night Falls is a Criterion. Yeah. DVD. That is. Yeah, but not Criterion it's Channel. Not, not Criterion Channel. Okay. I'll uh, bring yeah. it in. It's Before Night Falls is worth renting because Javier Bardem is so young. It's about a poet, a Cuban poet who's gay and escapes, but it's so. It's exhilarating. You, yeah. It's exhilarating. It's, and that film language is so hard to come by, man. You yeah. watch that and you're like, wow, it's so that was only 2000, it's but it's like, what? Yeah, it blew my mind when I saw that thing. It really, And also, Javier Bardem is one of the most handsome people that has ever been created. By, yeah, he was a rugby player. Yeah, yes, unbelievable. Very guapo. Yeah, guapo. Supreme. <laughs> guapo no, supreme. he is so beautiful in this yeah. film and so good. And He's so young. It's mm-hmm. like they're, It's like Paul Newman and like HUD. Yeah, you're just like man. It's too sexy to actually. Got- I mean, you because you know they they just burn film. They're just like everything's lit. They start they're rolling. <laughs> okay, some action. It's, it's, Anybody action? That's <laughs> true. So yeah, I went on a tangent. Sorry, Chris. Um, but the point is, watch those films because I hadn't watched uh, Before Night Falls. Probably since the early 2000s. We should also and do – And I have huge you know, cases of DVDs and I work out and watch a movie in the morning. Right. I wake up really early and watch movies and, and work out on a, you know, a bike. Right. That's all I can do. 
And I was like, I can't believe I have not pulled this out. It's such a – it's refreshing to see yeah. great films. Yeah, and it yeah. still holds so, up like the first time. Who's his – he just did something, right? Van Gogh with, uh, yeah, with Willem, uh, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. I have not seen that one yet. I want to go see that yeah, now. I heard that it's quite good. But and, Diving Bell and Butterfly is great. Yeah, and, no, that's a great one. And the dude that in that who looks like um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, Rosemary's Baby director. We've talked about him all the time, but I, it slipped out of my brain. Uh, so uh, embarrassing. Polanski. Polanski. <laughs> the guy who's in that that looks like Polanski I believe is going to be playing Polanski in a movie coming up. But wow. My head makes blood. Uh, so the uh, so that is actually a great transition. Who played Polanski oh, in? I was almost transitioning. Okay. That was a transition. <laughs> you know how he likes his transitions. Well, Chris, can, why can, I, you do can, that? I, can I speak? Can yes, I speak? Please. Excuse me. No, I'm just, uh, no, hi, hi. This is Chris. it. Hello? No, I'm just kidding. I'm, no, just, I'm, just, I'm teasing Eric. Go ahead. Mockery. It's fun. <laughs> Go ahead. Transition. And the transition I was going to make was Julian Schnabel is an artist who became a filmmaker, much like Dave McKeon, who directed our movie tonight. Right. Yes. That's right. There we are. See? Ta-da. That's a transition. There you go. They are very so effective transition. W- what motivated you to pick this film, Kat? It's a film that I love because I love very visual films that are that push filmmaking a little bit that aren't your mm-hmm. just everyday stories or right. whatnot. Sure. And it also kind of goes back to, you know, comic book movies are so popular right now. Yeah. Well, you know, Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean. Dave McKean, man. Would, yeah. yeah. Violent cases from yeah, yeah, Sandman. Sandman. Like the, yeah. Right. And Incredible. they made a movie. And yeah. it's it is visually incredible to if me. If you haven't said the name of the movie, it is called Mirror Mask. Yes. yes. Uh, and it came out in 2005. Five. 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 2005. Uh, Can I say this book? It's also a book. I believe. Yes. Um, yes, I think so. Uh, but uh, it's an audio book too. Uh, yeah, and they uh, <laughs> uh, but they collaborated on this thing together. And they, uh, Neil Gaiman and uh, and uh, Dave McKean, famous yeah. for a number of comics together, including, as Catch said, Sandman. Um, and uh, he did all the covers to all the Sandman books, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did uh, a great book of his own called Cages, and uh, uh, they did Violet Cases together, which is mm-hmm. also really beautiful. But he's a sort of a collage. Uh, illustrator, graphic designer, ink, ink, like, everything, yeah. and his mm-hmm. illustrations by just by themselves are incredible and featured all over the place in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you said, thanks for being this. This one I had forgotten entirely that this existed. Well, Did you see it before? Uh, no, I can't say that I saw all of it. I saw like the first fifteen minutes of it. Okay, uh, but I did not see the entire. The thing. movie. Uh, was done for like four or five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. R- considering it, you know, there's a enormous parts of it. They're all CG sets and digital sets and right. all this kind of stuff. Um, interesting as well. Hen- uh, uh, the Henson Workshop was heavily involved in this. Right. I believe was what's her name? Uh, she's one of the Henson, like Lisa Henson or something. That sounds roughly close. Yeah, sure. I think she was one of the people that sort of championed this as well right Right. but uh yeah no it's like it it fits in the same uh mode as things like Coraline. Mm -hmm. yes are you also a Coraline fan yeah yeah Yeah. Coraline, dark crystal yep uh yeah labyrinth yeah that's (laughs) kind of what it takes me back to yeah and i think i also have this thing with um you know, when we were kids or like growing up in the 80s. You Chris know, was never a kid. <laughs> this is what he looks this like. In, forever. In, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Photos like from the 1930s. There's Chris. But like we had, we had scary movies back yeah. in the 80s as kids. Like, you know. Things uh, that fucked you up. Like Gremlins yeah, came out. And which you're is like, fucking weird. 
like kids don't have gremlins these yeah. days. Like oh, movies man. that like or Friday the Thirteenth or whatever. <laughs> they took kids. Yeah, like true. Yeah, like that. But, but I like, don't know if it's you know it's true. What was that even rated? Was it rated? That was rated R. Ra- that was rated R. I was See? a little. I'm, a I'm gonna no, go oh, wait, wait, Gremlins. No, no, no. Uh, no gremlins was PG thirteen. PG thirteen. The first PG thirteen movie ever yeah. made. Yeah. Um, and and Gremlins yeah. is messed up. Like it's a messed up movie. It's, Tonally, it feels like oh, like you're on the verge of watching something you really shouldn't be seeing. Yeah, like it's a like snuff movie with animals. We, we've, <laughs> talk, we've talked about that. The reason Gremlins looks the way it does is because specifically Spielberg was trying to push for a PG-13 rating. Yeah, he was trying to push for something. He's like, this is technically for kind of kids but you can see how it's inappropriate jaws was a pg movie we've already talked about that yeah. as well right so that so, was his original intention with with, with he the, wanted to create pg he wanted to create he thing. wanted he wanted to incentivize the uh the mpaa to create a rating called pg-13 which wow. is a bad idea and it's um, and it's since ruined cinema but <laughs> just uh, saying <laughs> uh yeah we have but, feelings but there there is yeah but anyway it's it is interesting because you know, you guys know this, and we've talked about it before. I've actually, you know, with our kids, we've been watching a bunch of things that are scary, right? Yeah. And I talk about it with other parents of kids that are friends of my kid, and they're like, "Whoa, you watched Just Shining with Brady?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, like that. Yeah, my my older son is entirely into super horror movies, right? And it's like really crazy stuff. That right. We're like, whoa, whoa. And how old is he? He's, he's no, what? he's uh, he's eighteen now. 18, oh, 18, 18 now. 19. Okay. Well, and that's the funny thing is, I'm not actually into super scary movies. Like, I don't. That's not my first instinct is to like go to the latest horror movie. Mm-hmm. But I've had this thing for years, like ever since I was in college, where I'm like. They don't make scary movies for kids, but those were very defining. And I actually looked into buying the rights in college to – uh, Clive Barker's only children's book. Oh yeah, the uh, Thief of Always. Thief of Always. Yeah, yeah. which turns, that was great. I remember that. Which it's a great book. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, it turns out at the time when I looked into it, uh, the rights had been bought. Obviously, yeah, you know, which, which I'm not. I was not yeah. surprised. I'm yeah. like, I'm a college kid. There's not like I'm actually going to be able to afford this. Right. Um, and it's been floating around the studios ever since. And actually, when I was at DD. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys at DD did coverage on the latest script and it came across my desk Oh man! on the way to an executive's desk. And I was like, it's still, f- I like, still I, I read around. the script and I was like, it's still floating around. And unfortunately the coverage he did was like, not great. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is a great book. And I'm like, okay, you do have some points. And it's, and it's very much, uh, it would, you know, they tried to do an animated version. They tried right. to do a, li- mm. a perfectly live action version. They tried to do a mesh version. You know, there's been, but I'm like, it would be so good if you did it right. Yeah. But yeah. you have to have the right people. And it's still on my list. Like one yeah, day, you know, maybe I'll help that to, one get made. They but. push things in the wrong direction. They try and smooth things out now. Because, I mean, I would say even yeah. with, like, yeah, like I know there are a fair amount of kids that have seen It. Like, I know It's gory and it's got, like, some nasty stuff in it. Like, that's not scary in the same way than the kind of, like, that's like, it's a little shocking and whatever, but mm-hmm. it's mostly a very, very friendly, amiable movie about friendship. And uh, whereas, like, something like, and this, this is going to sound very strange, Coraline is a much scarier movie than it yes. is. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's made for a much younger audience, but it's the kind of thing that really, like, pushes boundaries for the age group that it's aiming at. Yeah. Whereas, sure. like, I don't think that it, 
does. Like, it doesn't push boundaries for the adults that it's aimed at. Like, it's very, very safe horror. It's like, yeah. it's pretty good. It's not bad, but, but it's it, like, it's Coraline very, very Coraline has that regret aspect of the child right. with, you know, the parents like, oh, my God. Like, in this movie, it's the same author uh, that it's like the way I, I kept thinking, oh, my God, her mother died and this is the dream or right. she's going to come back and the mother's dead or so, and the regret I never got to say this and I, and as a young kid right. that has far more impact you know, know, it never, weighs heavily on yeah, you yeah and so that kind of like pulling right. is it brings more fear to, like to me than you know you know something coming yeah, the out of the sewer of that just hovering over the movie is, yeah is, is it's intense. like oh man cuz yeah. it's more of there's a human uh, thing to it that is like a lot you know that, as opposed to you know, Halloween. Yeah, it's just like, like uh, you know, not to um, I use it, it as a touchstone, but like it is a very, you know, it sort of like has um, after effectsy looking shock scares really? and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's like good. It's good, but it's not like I don't, I don't know. Like I like, I, like, I think uh, what Kat's getting at is like, I mean, when I was a kid, I saw things like uh, uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark and stuff like this, which is made right. for TV. Mm-hmm. But I still have nightmares about this movie. It's <laughs> an incredibly strange movie. Uh, and seeing things that are sort of like borderline inappropriate are really, I think, good for you. Like, and I, and it's like the, uh, like the, let's see, like, like I was talking about my son, like the, like he started getting into, like, there's a point when he was like 13 when he was like, he wanted to get into horror movies. But they freaked him out. So he would watch him a little bit, back off, and a little bit, and back off. But there was a need for him, like yeah. that he was expressing that he was like, I want to challenge myself in this way. And I was like, that's what I miss, you know, like that, and which is, I suppose, how I feel about all movies in general. But I mean, like going into a movie going, this might fuck me up. Yeah. You know, and I think that that, that level of challenge uh, is both super exciting and sort of like, uh, Long term, good for you in terms of like how you deal yeah. with the shit. I think that's a good way to put it as a, as like a challenge because you know you as you know kids watching like the original or even the 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 new version of Dark Crystal, right? Like those little bird things yeah. were yeah. all like super freaky looking yeah. as a the kid. Skeksis. Yeah, yeah. But as a, it's a beautiful production by the way. But it's great. Yeah, right. it's great. And I, I think my that also them. pushes your artistic. Oh, without eye a doubt. Yeah. As well, like if you didn't have these freaky looking things, I mean, as a kid reading, you know, Clive Barker books and all his little ink drawings yeah. and stuff were freaky. Right. But you're like, oh, that really like gets my imagination exactly, going. You know, man. whether it's into a dark place or into a <laughs> yeah, you, you could, well, it just excites you because yeah. like I mean because you're. Because, you know, uh, it's a little transgressive and it's a little, you know, like unnerving, like you get a little addicted to it, you yeah. know, and, uh, uh, and there's like a, I don't know, like that, that stimulus stays with you, um, uh, even when you're not practicing the art or whatever it is, you're just thinking about it because it disturbed you or whatever it was. And that pushes you to express it more. Yep. And I feel like that, you know, watching, you know, I like, like there's a lot of very uniform art for kids right now. Agreed. And it's and it's it's what all high quality. Uniform. Well, art? it's so like there's a um like I'm a, I'm a like emotionally like yeah just sort of there's yeah not too many ups and downs yeah like they, they try and do like there's there's some really like great a stuff. mood stabilizer <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly like no and I'm not gonna be entirely down on this because like I do think that there's sort of amazing stuff being done for kids 
um, like uh, uh, Steven Universe and uh, Gravity Falls and, yeah. and stuff like this, uh, which Steven are Steven Universe is pretty amazing. It's pretty great. It's and like and it deals with incredibly what age group complex. Is that for? That, uh, that's probably, twelve and up, maybe. Yeah, I mean Olivia would be probably perfect for. She's watching a lot of Beetlejuice. Fuck yeah, dude! That's how to do it. That's how to do it. Steven Universe would be really interesting. Really, it's and really she likes um, Stranger Things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and uh, oh, what else do we? That's show? the right zone. You're in the right yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. As far as yeah. I'm but here's the thing: you get as as a parent, it's like my daughter's 11, mm-hmm. amazing artist. I'll give you tell her website, OliviaShealy.com. Uh, <laughs> check it out. Mm-hmm. It's all her drawings and stuff. Beautiful. I'll share them with you. Um, but you know, I'm getting older now. And like today in the car, she's like, oh, we had a thing about um, this. I don't know. It was transvestite came in to talk about drugs. Mm-hmm. Don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. What and, was this? And her school, okay. a transvestite came in. A trans person as opposed to a transvestite, which Transve- is slightly different. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Right. Tranny came in. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so – and. Look, I lived in West Village. Yeah, I, understand. I accept Street. it. I accept it. All my it. neighbors – okay. So the point is yeah, – This is the language that, that – uh, Yeah, that I know. I, I know. But the point yeah. is I live literally overlooking Christopher Street, like by okay. boots and saddles. I, I hear where you're coming seen, from. <laughs> no, no arguments. How's no your arguments friend? Um, so the point is she's like they're asking us now to – it's the questions that the kids are asking now. It's so different than when you were 11. She's like right. they told us to go home and ask – about your first time doing drugs. I was like, really? I'm in the oh. car, like, dry, like, what is... Your first time doing drugs? My yeah. first time doing drugs. I don't know. Yeah, I'll stick with Beetlejuice for now. Yeah. <laughs> just for now, just saying. I was like, what? What kind of... Yeah, yeah. But well, just, the it, first time I took some baby aspirin, and it was, you know... Baby <laughs> I was probably about six months old. So. Well, the things, I mean, I do think that, like, I mean, and stuff like Steven Universe is really great, because that actually deals with really like it handles things like like Steven Universe in particular has characters that are like it deals with like characters who are gay characters who are trans characters who are like uh you know like in all different sort of mix and match that's the whole point the whole it? idea of the well, show yeah, is they, talk do, about that's they fine, do blend and mix just, together well the, the, the is, age well, range is from when I, I'm 52 oh, no. is like it's coming down because well, yeah, like I, I didn't expect this conversation well, yeah, like until the, she was like fifteen, and I was yeah, like, like the, what? Well, the thing is that like to, to look at Steven Universe, what's great about Steven Universe is that like um, that it approaches all this stuff from the way a twelve-year-old experiences it, yeah. and if they have feelings in this direction, then they can get in touch with That's them. Fine. Where, before is it's it like, on Netflix? Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix. I know it was on Steven's Universe. Steven Universe, yeah. Steve in the universe. Steven Universe. Steven Universe, right. yeah. And it's uh, and it, so like it, like it approaches all this stuff in a sort of um, a, a non-intense way, yeah. so that like uh, it. It, it, like it's not like nothing is presented as like oh and this is really weird. It's just like no, this is this is your life and this is if this is how you're how you're growing, then this is how you're growing, and just sort of like pre- presents an, um a level of sort of I don't know, just a like way to uh, get in touch with more complex emotions than say I did when I was watching Battlestar Galactica when I was a kid. Yeah, you well, know, twenty thirty years ago, kids probably weren't exposed to it as much as. They are now, right? Like right, right, right. you know, it, yeah, like I, I grew up did. in a small town in Georgia, and I mean, I didn't really. Where'd you grow up? What small town? What? Uh, it was a small town called uh, Decula, is where I went to school. But by uh, Athens? No. 
Uh, near Athens. It was kind of in between Athens and Atlanta, perfectly. Right. Huge so, early REM fan. Nice. Oh, I, that's, I went to school in Athens and partied there as a teenager. Yeah, right on, right on. huge. <laughs> like uh, mostly 80s up to early 90s, but really like up to about green, Life's Rich Pageant, Murmur, beautiful. Yep. They were just great American bands. Ran into those guys all, the, all around really? town. Yeah. Bill they, Barry they lived, and all those Just guys. chilling. Fuck. Yeah, they just lived Peter in Buck. Athens. That's and, insane. That's yep. amazing. They would come to the movie theater that I worked at. <sighs> Peter they, Buck. They, they, I saw them on a Life's Rich Pageant tour. It was in 85. Probably one of the greatest shows I've ever seen, the Syrian Mosque in Pittsburgh. It was just, they were like. One of my professors uh, shot all their, like a lot of their music videos. And stuff. Oh. And by that old bridge. Mm-hmm. On the, the back Trussles, of Murmur. It, uh, 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 yeah. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to tear that down. I know the, I know the photo you're talking about. Yeah. The they were trying to make yeah. that a, a historical site. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I think people- Because the band's so fucking awesome. Yeah. No, and the not. developers wanted and to tear it down. Automatic for the People was a restaurant. Yeah. I mean, it was a sign for a restaurant. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. And, I like that. Uh, Reverend Hutchinster, that guy that lived there who did oh. all the artwork. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, cool- That was a great town. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. We're 40, 37 minutes. But you know, we had we're having we a good time. Nice time, <laughs> nice time with our guest. About nice time with our guest. I feel that's not unusual. Sto- no, it's not. <laughs> it's not unusual. Eric has to stop everything to talk about rock and roll. Somehow. No, 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 no. no, no. This, this, this <laughs> is all about me. But, yeah, but I, do, I do think it's interesting. You brought up an interesting sort of dichotomy because, like, with the the um, the way that kids stuff works now uh, is they've done an exceptional job. I think at getting in touch with um, more complex emotional material uh, and uh, which is uh, which I think is super healthy and really really good Absolutely. but at the same time they've done a really shitty job at making scary things like don't be don't watch scary things yeah. I'm just like no be, yeah. Sc- yeah. be what, do scary yeah. things All I emotions. Think, well yeah. oh, well this is the helicopter parent problem right mm-hmm. you know <laughs> our parents didn't even know what the hell we were watching for right. the most part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like now you're being told by the internet nannies of the world, you have to watch everything your kids are doing to uh, monitor yeah. them. That's and therefore, your, your your parents are constantly looking in every, and, and looking at everything that's going on in your life, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, you never have a chance to explore. And then your kids start to become uber secretive because they're trying to hide. Yeah, making people feel bad about stuff is bad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I think so, that's uh, – like, because this, this is my main issue because um, as – I think folks know by now I am a very left-wing kind of personality. Uh, sure. And I have uh, – like I am not – like I uh, min- minus the sort of uh, – the aggressiveness that comes along with it. I uh, sometimes comes along with it. I'm, I'm on the sort of SJW-ish political side of things, I suppose okay. it's fair to say. Um, the The problem that I have with – where we come from, meaning the side that I side I'm on in quotes, is that we tend to treat people, kids in particular, as if they are unable to deal with these things, like like scary things or weird things, and um, we try to keep them from um, the, res- the taking on the responsibility of dealing with things themselves. With fear and with fear, and I think that that is bad for you. I think that it is like that if you are I think it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. And uh and uh and this is you know, I don't have any 
cranky old man things to say about that. But in terms of like, I think it's healthy. It's like, especially with kids growing up in now where, uh, you are being like rightfully being encouraged to be more of yourself. Right. Right. You know, uh, that the way that the attitude you should combine with that is like, don't like, you don't need to be protected in being yourself. Like you are yourself. Right. That is it. You know, if you like, if you, for instance, like if you're a trans, you're trans. Don't have to be, don't, people don't have to like step in and, and try to protect you. Like you are yourself and you can stand for yourself. Do what and, you want. and that comes from, um, watching things like, um, you know, inappropriately scary movies when you're a kid. You know, when you saw, like, I saw Alien so, when I was eight years so old. Here's it's a, stuff. Here's an and interesting. It makes you take on stuff that, uh, is, is a little harder to take on sometimes. So Karen is about two and a half years younger than I am, right? Mm-hmm. So my wife is about two and a half years younger than I am. So when we were watching kids or when, or watching movies when came out, she was younger than I was mm-hmm. by a few years, which when you're, you know, 10 or 12, you know, or 11, then you're like nine or eight and a half. It's a big difference in age, right? right. So, uh, I was suggesting, it's like, hey, we should watch Gremlins with the kids, right? Yeah. And she's like, no effing way. That movie's, that movie's fucking crazy. That movie's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so finally, after like a year or so, she's like, well, all right. Well, they watched The Shining, so maybe we can watch Gremlins. <laughs> right, right. And right. so we watched She's like, She said, that movie was way less scary than I remembered right. because she was so much younger, right? Yeah, when exactly, she watched it, right? So I was like, yeah, it's mostly just goofy it's silly. I mean, yes. like you watch it as a grown up, it's silly. You watch it when you're young, it's like bananas. Could could be. Yeah. But even even my son was like, that's just mainly just goofy, right. gory right. jokes. Right. But you know, like I said, he's watched you know other films. He's a little more. He's a little, he's more, more, exposed. He's a little yeah. more exposed. But it's, nonetheless, it's like it, I think there's a context also. So when you like, you know, like for example, Karen refuses to watch E.T. because she watched it when she was like six. And it's fucking harrowing. Just yeah. just disturbed the shit right. out. She couldn't wow. sleep for a week because of that. Because yeah. of like there's going to be this crazy alien character under my bed, right? Yeah. That's probably the difference between – Because she was six. Yeah. Between me watching it and Put my sister. email on – write it on a piece of paper in there. But yeah, it's like I saw – I don't know when I saw Jaws, but I was very young when I saw Jaws. Anywhere. It's good. Kid gets bitten in half and rolled by a shark and a giant fountain of blood in that one. And yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought it was great. Yeah. It's the greatest thing in the world. And yeah. I, yeah, I, th- I think that the – like what you're bringing up is just like there's a certain like uh, – like the way that I approach, you know, like showing movies to the kids and stuff like this is like, you know, you want to gauge what they can handle for sure. But always, you know, if you're going to – if you're going to err on – a certain side, like err on the scarier side or err on the, just, just because you are trusting them to deal with it and they take, can feel the fact that they trust you. Take a that's few good. risks. Exactly. And also you give them the sort of responsibility of saying, uh, like you, like it's up to you to say that's too much. Like you can, if you feel uncomfortable, you want to stop this, you have every right to say, I'm not going to watch this anymore. Right. And you can step out of it and, uh, and give them that control. Then that's healthy. They, they know that you trust them. And also they're challenged a little bit by being a little freaked out and, and having to face that. Well, and honestly, it's, it's, it can be a scary world out there. We have to mm-hmm. figure out how to deal with scary feelings or fear or, yeah, you know, like. Hey, you might have nightmares at night. Like, yeah, exactly. But you have to realize, and you want tools to be able to, yeah, deal Pro- with that, process stuff. that. Yeah. Nightmares you know, are, I don't know, I 
that's that's part of the that's part of the excitement of watching horror films is having nightmares. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because nightmares are kind of like they they exhilarate your brain. They really like you get a lot. Exactly. Of, you know, and they really make you process things. The whole point of dreaming is to process information, right? Right. right? So they make you process a bunch of things. You're like, whoa. And movies are very close to dreaming. I think. Like yes. they, they they serve a lot of the same. The movies I enjoy. Are really close, close to dreaming. <laughs> I, that's why I like. So something like Mirror Mask. Which yeah, not exactly. Have seen like coming full circle. Watch the um, <laughs> the uh, Before Night Falls because there is a, a quality. I just sent you guys the Nearness of You track. Oh, great! Thank you from my from my Amazon Cloud thing. I, nice. I felt something. I forget it. Buzz in my pants, and <laughs> so, yeah, it, it should you. be Nearness of You, but it's cool. Yeah, that's great, and I will play it for my wife as it was our wedding song. That's very that, nice. you know, it was that's really, totally gravelly. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about this. So yeah. we had uh, we for our for our wedding we hired a Dixieland jazz band uh, to play for our wedding, and we had our our reception was. Didn't really have like a stage and dancing area. We had kind of it was in a in an old uh, an old uh, hotel in Houston. Actually, we're uh, small small hotel. So mostly known for its restaurant, but they had like like eight rooms, mostly big suites. But it was basically a, a, a mansion that they had right. converted into a hotel. Uh, so the entry area, the Clintons used to stay there when they would come to Houston. But the entry area. Um, was basically where we set up kind of like a little dance uh, dance studio area and floor. people floor and then the 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 Dixieland jazz band they were really cool about it they 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 could be mobile so they they walked around between tables and stuff like oh, that cool. and so everyone had a great time there was kind of music floating around the whole time and uh we were very informal about our wedding we didn't really like try to do like you know every stage of throwing bouquets and all that so we didn't do any of that uh so but everyone was just having a good time and then the the band leader said to us, uh, he says, "Oh, I noticed you guys haven't had uh, you know a formal dance. I mean, you know, like that. You know, was the end of the night." And goes, uh, "But you know, um, I can. I'd love to give you guys a dance for your for the last dance instead of the first dance." Aww. And he said, "Okay." And he goes, "It's like I've got an idea." And then he. He basically stood in the middle of the room with a stand-up bass and played "The Nearness of You." Oh, that's so good! That's while, awesome. Just you know, all acoustic while Karen and I danced, uh, and he was singing it. It was amazing. It was a really incredible experience. So. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's amazing. That is awesome. Yeah, and it, and it was like that. Well, first of all, that's. A great song. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't Approved. our idea. Right. It wasn't our idea, but this situation and, – and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, this is – you know, those situations, when they happen upon you, then they just become magical. That's, and yeah, I was going to say, that's I mean? when it's perfect because like, right. it just happens that way. Right. And, yeah. So so uh, I think, you know, it's really cool. Uh, Mirror but, Mask. Mirror Mask. I, what, <laughs> yes, movies. I'm trying. I know if I started the conversation, I could go back to Mirror Mask. First thing I noticed when I watched this is – Clearly, this movie was trying to uh, was uh, had an interesting look to it right from the start, and mm-hmm. I could tell that the the approach wa- the 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 feeling was like we're going to make something very visually stunning with uh, a lot of creative art direction and not much money, <laughs> and not much money, <laughs> not yeah. much money, right? Well, he, like, he, like he which has, is he really, really replicates the look of his. His uh, flat artwork. He does. Like, absolutely nails it. Uh, he also uses unbelievably wide lenses. All yeah. the time. Yes. Like the lenses were like 
Swimmy wide. Oh, yes. Swimmy wide. It's like, yeah. whoa. That because he's and they move too, which makes it very disorienting. Yes. yes. Wide lenses that, that, that move and pan. He's got a lot it's of like, distortion. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Heavy duty. Yeah. Go ahead, Eric. Is it because maybe being an illustrator, he always just starts with a big palette, you know, in, in, or it just seems like I cover everything and my world could be in there, not thinking that he's got to punch in or use tighter lenses. I don't, I'm asking. I think it's partly also to, especially in the later sequences when she's in this kind of dream world. To or disorient something, you. It's to disorient you. Yeah, it's like, a little Terry Gilliam kind of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. To right, give right. you that, like. Yeah, Brazil is another sort mm-hmm. of inspiration yeah. to this. Right. But the color palette of Brazil was better than this color palette. I felt like there was a bloom, like somebody had an After Effects glow filter that it yeah, was it, like, we got to stop them it, there's a, there's a escape key. There's a particular <laughs> quality to, like this movie reminded me of, there's a movie called Ink. Have you ever seen that? Uh, there's a, a, another one, um, science fiction movie, a French science fiction movie. A lot of green screen, heavy light wrap kind of look. Uh, and uh, and it, it definitely has like a, uh, I don't, I don't want to say like, because it, it looks like like it has a it's very muted yeah like it has a, it has a it has a a very lo-fi gritty it's heavy sepia yeah it's heavy sepia like they're like and it's and it's on the borderland of like they're covering for their budget a little bit you know yeah, like that's the flavor it, you oh, could yeah. totally yeah. yeah and the colors were i don't know i felt like they I think it was the the bloom was too much, mm-hmm. like. But the colors were saturated, but in this mustard realm and the reddish. But then with the bloom, it just kind of threw you off a little right. bit because you it just kind of made it a little muddy at times. Right. But I could see they were going for the stylized look, obviously. But the, I think the frames themselves are are really really gorgeous. Yes, uh, it's just. I think it's, it's, a, it's a bloom. A, it's, a, it's a little There's something where it was like it, oh. It does become exhausting. Yeah, it's a, a little, little uh, accumulatively. It's a little yeah. bit. It's a little heavy. By the end, you're like, right, okay, right, this right. is heavy. Let's, let's yeah. try to give. a – I know we're almost an hour into it, but let's try to give a little synopsis of this for, for people. All right, who wants to do it? You do it. Okay, so uh, this uh, story by Neil Gaiman is a very familiar Ga- Neil Gaiman-ish style story uh-huh. um, about a girl who whose family owns and operates a circus. Yep. Uh, and she is frustrated with having to live the circus lifestyle that her dad loves so much, and her dad runs the circus, and her mom is part of the show and the circus and all this stuff. Family uh, circus. She family, just, a family she just circus. wants to be a normal kid. She just wants to be a normal kid. and she, Which is the opposite of what normal kids want to join to circles. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's the irony that they try to right. portray here. And, uh, and she is sort of at odds with her mom from the get-go. Like they're in that space where they're just arguing all the time. And she gets into a giant fight with her mom and essentially says this thing that she heavily regret, regrets, which is just like – I can't remember the line, but essentially, I wish I wish you were dead is more or less what she says. And then her um, later that night during the show that they're putting on, her mom collapses and seems like she has like a brain tumor, mm-hmm. uh, and she falls into a coma. Falls into a coma, and right. she goes to the hospital. Um, and her father is a very kind, nice guy, played, played by, by Rob Brydon from right. the Trip uh, Trip movies, which was yeah. amazing. And um, he's a good dude, uh, but. Uh, she is so overwhelmed by her own internal stresses that she just is fighting with him and fighting with everybody. And like, it's all angry and, and like, it's she's it's, a teenage girl. Yeah, There's a lot is, going on there. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> um, and, she, and she's probably about 16. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say something like that. 
four. I thought she was a little yep. younger. Yeah, she in seemed the, younger. To in me. the story, she seems younger. In the movie, she seemed older. So I guess the average is probably around fifteen or sixteen. That's what I, like, the, I, the, the actor. Sorry, the actress the, seemed. The actress seemed maybe like she was eighteen or nineteen. No, I wouldn't story go that old. Like, I would say like, like sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, she was young looking. Yeah. Very young looking, considering I thought she was in the 14, 15 range. I was going 14, 15. Yeah. But yeah, so like she's, you know, she's. I live with a 13 year old, so, but. Yeah, well, there yeah. You go. There. Uh, but uh, <laughs> she, uh, and I'm just thinking like, you're not going to hire a 13 year old because you can only work with them four hours a day. Right. <laughs> so, so that was probably thinking that. But the, oh, uh, we're yeah. just talking well, about yeah. portrayal. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. She's, she's likely too. Yes. She was just as growing up as a, you know, a girl with. My my mom, like we had a very strange relationship when I was a teenager and it was right. just this short. And so I, I really identified that. I think every, almost every girl has probably had that one fight with their mom. Where oh, it's yeah, just like sure. an all out right. brawl. And then, you know, you're like, okay. And my mom and I, like my mom was just in town and we're like the best of friends. Oh, now sure. it's great. Well, yeah. I mean, like, but as a kid, it's yeah. very, it, it, there's a certain age where it's very, it well, can for, be very strange. For, for boys yeah. and for girls, it's like you, they, you hit – like your brain just releases a shitload of chemicals that make you want to separate from your situation. <laughs> and it also happens for I think the adults. You know, I think it happens for the parents as well. It's sort of like there's a little bit of like, I don't know, fuck yourself then. I don't care shit. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you know, Fine, off. whack like that. <laughs> um, and uh, and so this is what definitely what the movie portrays really well is like this – like. A pointless anger, like that's not really caused by anything. It's just insane frustration and lashing out and all this stuff. Um, but her mom's going to be uh, is in the hospital. She's going to have an operation, and she is unable to tell her mom that she's sorry for saying what she said. And um, and she uh, has a dream. She of, falls asleep. She falls asleep and has a dream uh, that occupies. Basically, the rest of the movie. Right. Um, uh, this whole takes place in England also. I don't know if yeah. that's Brighton. important, but it's – in what? Brighton. In Brighton. Yeah, they Brighton. say in Brighton. And, uh, and actually, the, this is the one thing – I didn't finish all the book. I just uh, – I, I listened to about my uh, 15 minutes of the audiobook. Right. Um, uh, and That's not very much in an audiobook. No, and it's only like – it's only a 40-minute or an hour and a half long thing. Right. Um, but the uh, uh, the picture I got from Gaiman's prose in that – was a much earthier uh, vision of life in England and her life than the movie portrays. The movie is a little skinny on the on the realism side of things. Yes, you know, it's like it's good and it's solid, but it's a little nondescript. Uh, but once they get into the dreamland, it's instantly insane. There was a there was a, a point like that the apartment complex that they were in. Yeah, was so much like. Uh, before night falls, mm. like Cuba, nineteen sixty-five. Yeah, right, 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 right. You know where everything's falling apart, and you know the American cars are from the forties. Yeah. and it was like what? it was just like concrete and plain. I know yeah, it can't like, get crappy, but it was like well, so. Yeah, like, like the thing is, it was like, like Dead Man's Shoes as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Is I, I never like, and uh, I, I I enjoy this movie quite. Dead Man's Shoes oh, was like, realistically yeah. environmentally. Well, there's a sure. there's a matchup this was between a little, like huh, like yeah, like there's a matchup got between a the environment in Dead Man's Shoes. There's a matchup between the actors in the environment that I didn't feel really happened in this. No, it, that's well, right. Like well, they the felt like thing, actors in a place. Well, at, the thing is they, 
kind of explain that because of their circus people, right? So mm-hmm. circus people, by their very just, nature, yeah, right. is kind of disjointed from reality, right? Right, right? And they're already in the performance that they're doing in the circus. They're already wearing these strange masks right. and all this other stuff, which right. is a big theme of this is mask wearing, right? right. So uh, obviously – Hence the title. But, well, uh, one, and, and just to, uh, to augment what you're saying, there's a line in the book that I really, really loved when uh, she says, uh, you know, like the reason why we wear so many masks in the circus is because there's not that many people that run the circus and we don't want to pretend like we're a bunch of different people. Right. And I was like, there's something else being said with that. It was a very clever way to slide it in there. And uh, and that's the kind of thing that I feel like if – and I'll just get the critique of the movie out of the way is I feel like there's – there's an even better movie to be made out of this material, and the the only problem is is that the movie to make that movie means you would lose all of the absolutely intense artsy weirdness that they have in this one. You know, and make a big play version of this movie. Who's that? Dylan Huff. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Destiny Villeneuve would make the perfect yeah. version of it. Like, you can tell yeah. it about like Andy Anybody. Cap. My yeah. favorite, yes. You know who'd make a great version of Chips? Oh my God. I knew I liked this so group for a reason. So powerful. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that I love Bryden, for instance. And I think the woman who's playing the main character is very good. And I really like the actress who plays the mom who's in, I want to say, um, uh, the Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts movie. Uh, Four Weddings Which one? <laughs> Hugh Grant, no, where she's Julia Roberts. Not and he's Hill. Not, oh, oh, Notting Hill. Yeah. Notting Hill. I believe she's one of the she's one of the friends. She's the she's. I thought my best friend's wedding. No, that's not Hugh Grant. Hugh no, Grant's not in that no. one. Uh, but she's really great, and uh, and and so I think the cast is very good. I, I actually really like the performance of the girl. Yeah, I she's did good. not like the writing as much. Right. I right. thought the dialogue was a little. She's good. gone on to do other. I was looking her up. She's done a lot. Yeah. She was. She was good. She had good, beautiful, strong. Yeah, she's really viable. Yeah. Uh, so I really liked her performance. I yeah. thought the dialogue was a little bit hokey. The general concept of the plot was interesting, and it got it. Just so people know, so she goes into this dream state where she's basically, and just like we were just talking before, is she's you the dream area. And you sort of wonder whether she's actually in a dream or it's all, you know, some other world or whatever we're going through is really a great way to illustrate her processing her life yeah. and processing all this information and right. dealing with all of the, the situation. It's not an atypical situation, right. but the the way it's illustrated is very atypical. Yeah, well, it's a really interesting way to to like uh, the the storyline is a traditional storyline. Right. You know, and it's Wizard a, of Ozzy. Yeah, it's very Wizard of Ozzy. You know, right. and, it's, uh, and uh you know Alice in Wonderlandy kind of stuff. Right. And it's um uh but the the there is some okay, so she gets into the dream world, she Immediately meets a character. Meets, yeah, meets a character who and becomes a, a trip. A trip. Her guide. Yeah, so to speak. exactly. Yeah. And uh, and Valentine. The uh, Valentine, and they journey through this world as she is. Um, she's becomes aware of there is a evil queen. Yeah, and then uh, who is making things terrible? That is played by the actress who plays her mom, and a good queen who is also played, played by, by the her actress mom. who plays her mom. And there's a black queen and a white queen. Yes, and it's exactly. pretty much Wizard of Oz right. in a lot of ways. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> and uh, but what I what I did like about that the way they execute that storyline is that ultimately most of the cause for the distress falls on 
her and not on the parents, which is just an interesting thing to do. It's like, uh, yes. it's, it's, a, it's her realizing that she has to sort of take control of her emotional life. So what's mm. interesting also is uh, they do this very interesting th- – this happens pretty very uh, clearly in the, the movie is the distinction between a mirror and a window. Right. <laughs> right? Or how those things are actually sometimes can be confused right. for each other. Right? right? So when she looks through a window – she sees herself in the real world. Well, she sees her future the, the, self. No, she yeah. sees the dream. Yeah, they because they swapped places. Yeah, they basically swapped Swap. places. So right. it's the girl that's dressed a little more punky. Know, yeah, the, uh, the yeah. evil one that acts out all the time is yeah. the one that's in the real world now. Yeah. And the good she basically swapped places world. with this. Right. The question is right. whether that person really exists or not. Yeah. Right. Uh, within that, but it exists within her. Potentially, yes, just like the mother is the good right. mother and the bad right. mother. Right. Yeah. So the she's basically queen. looking at herself as like, no, or, or seeing her fighting with her dad or making this out with some guy she doesn't path. like. Right. Yeah. And all this different stuff that's going on. And so she's looking through that window of her past. Sliding doors. And, <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, the mirror is basically the idea that she can see herself, right? right. So it's a question whether she's looking at someone else or looking at herself. And this is an ongoing theme in the in in during that dream situation. Which and is it's a, the same thing as Coraline in a way, yeah. like the way, it, like the way. Yes. In order this the path of this discovery, or at least to see what she is, or at least we see what she's like in term, it's like these scary alternate people. And right. It's it was very similar. Right. I, and I like Coraline. Coraline's Coraline. great. Yeah. Coraline's it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, but and, here's and, the thing: could you not? I'm not trying to sound like an executive, but couldn't we make this into 10-minute shorts and be sponsored by Gatorade? No. Couldn't we uh, – <laughs> No, couldn't we – couldn't this be done in the same kind of like a manner? Oh, I think it would be beautiful. Because yeah. I think th- that kind of um, art direction and style and at least the uh, look could really do justice to – it's almost it's, like green well, screen well, won't – Yeah. What we haven't mentioned is her dream – sequence or her dream world is very surreal right is it the, is but yeah. i find you know there's there's found floating it. fish and yeah, but those, long-legged like, strange cats and those yeah. things yeah. there's yeah. a little Salvador bit of dolly, dolly right well, yeah, it's very dolly, dolly. <laughs> but it's actually a lot of those creatures reminded me of um i saw these guys like 15 years ago give a talk in hollywood and they would it's not the cray brothers it's the uh it's their stop motion guys that deal with uh um, Brothers Quay. Brothers, Brothers Quay. They came, yeah. Yeah, Brothers Quay. That's Quay. it. Brothers yeah. Quay, yeah. brother. Yeah. And they came to talk. Oh, and they're bananas, man. About they're their work. Oh, yeah. dude. Awesome. It was like, so a director I know took yep. me. It was probably 15 years ago. And yep. it was like, head exploded. Yep. But the motion of the, and you hear just that. Yeah, the cookie noise. That's them. Oh, it's totally, totally Totally them. And that's the kind of thing where it infuses the fear in you because it really is like Dali, but I wasn't a big fan of Dali. Multi- Sensory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's really it's getting under your skin in a couple of different ways. And because I, the audio, though, the thing is, what you expect to have a sound doesn't, and what 
does have a sound you don't expect. Right. And that goes to the Fosse thing where you see that in his movies where it's silence and only one silence audio track or the c- cigarettes or something. Right. And right. I see other directors do that, but that compounds your sensories. You know, I was thinking about that because while we're watching Mirror Mask and I want to spoiler, I'm sure you guys can figure the out. Spoiler is there was an ending. The movie ends. We get it. She comes out of that. her dreamscape. And at which point, her father gets a phone call about the mother to find out that her mother's going to make it. But that phone call was a very – because that they did something in there where I was saying, it's like, oh, I wonder if Eric noticed that. When the father gets the phone call, they switch the audio to just have it intense, like very close up on her where you hear her breathing and her talking to herself. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's going on? Is she dead or what's going on? Right. right. And so they, they changed the audio very much like the Fosse thing you were talking right. about where he's having a heart attack. It was just like – How <sighs> beautiful was that? I just know. But they did just like yeah. crumpling it. I understand. And but I'm everyone's talking, doing a table but I'm talking read about this and movie. you don't hear it. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about this movie where they – Oh, let's talk about that movie. <laughs> You've already talked. Yeah, and <laughs> it's a good. Movie. But, but you listen to the podcasts. <laughs> I did. I don't. <laughs> it's amazing. I should listen to them. They're pretty good. I don't know. I guess that damn guy's a douche. Can you at least do me one favor and, and listen just sub- to one? Subscribe to it on iTunes. Do I subscribe? Or, I think I've subscribed. So just at least so we can get one extra credit. there it is but the point is that was a tool and the quay brothers thing i totally picked up but going back to that not to interrupt it's just that if they did it in the manner what like it does where there's a real care to the frames and the style uh it would be really ineffective it's almost like shooting it live action blue screen is it uh, um, doesn't do it justice. Well, right. I, you know what? I got to. You need to have that fantasy stuff, you know, almost like because it was almost like a, a stop motion. Right. And that was really persuasive in that world. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying that maybe I'm not saying they should do it, but it would that's the that would to me would sell. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to no. side the, the subject a little bit, if that's OK, because I was decided this. This movie was done for like four or five million dollars. Pretty right? damn good. Okay, four or five million dollars. I was like, oh wow, that they did a freaking lot for four or five million dollars. Now you're looking at it as like, eh, some no, of the styles a little tell. wonky. So, yeah, of course you can tell. I'm not saying that, but you know what? They 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 put a lot of creative art decisions in there, right? They the execution was done for about four or five million dollars. It's not bad. It's pretty good. It's cheap. It's very cheap. And then I started really thinking about movies like, you know, four or five million dollars is considered a cheap movie. Yeah. It's still four or five million dollars. It's a lot of money. That's not only a lot of money. I dare to say that Before Night Falls was probably shot for around that or less. And I'm not – two different movies with two different ambitions. But the point is – you could tell, but like with the crowd scenes and stuff, super tight, you know, like the right, right, and, right. And but the point is, if, I thought you, it was if you're an artist and you make a painting, you're not going to pay four or five million dollars to make a painting. No, yeah, you know this, I mean? this is the I mean, like film is, is film is stupid, particular it's, business where it's yeah, like, yeah. It, like it's the it's it's the most expensive hobby you could possibly have. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, and, well, the thing is, man, I think that, that what I really enjoyed about this picture, I mean, I and I do I do agree with you, Eric, that like it, like there's a like. There's a way to bring in the weirdness um, of this 
of the story, uh, like visually, if you do the Leica route. Um, but like even then, like Leica is still more or less super expensive, super expensive, and they're yeah. they're still drawn into the making it for, uh, making it acceptable for kids. Yeah, path, yeah, maybe that's- you know. And whereas, like, I what I really liked about this thing was like this felt really dirty and weird. Like it felt really, really yeah, weird. That's- because it was only four or five million dollars, yeah. they well, could get away but with still and a because lot of money. it was live action. Like that's the thing is like there's not. If people go the weird, quirky route most times, it's in animation or it's in, you know, they don't take the live action and get weird with it. It's a risk these days. I found – the problem I found with the dream stuff was that it was just pulling from a lot of different things and there wasn't – it kind of lost some of its uniqueness. Like I said, the Quay brothers was pulling in. I thought this – the visual effects aspect of it because it was such Mm -hmm. an ambitious thing but with the restraints of the budget. I have – Those compromises after an hour, I was like, ugh. My my feeling about – I I I think I know what you're talking about. The – I think the – I think the issue is that the guy is not – Really, a filmmaker like he is an image. He's an illustrator. He's an yeah, illus- and that's illustrator. why. The- and I and like and that, like so, image to image, it's it's awesome looking. Like any mm-hmm. frame from the movie looks really yeah. fascinating. Um, and, but he doesn't spend a lot of time um, building a scene, for instance. Like he just shows you a new weird thing and shows you another new weird thing. And vignette um, based. And yeah, and so like I think page. yeah, exactly. So I think that like the the. The flavor that you want to get to, I think is what you're talking about, is uh, that uh, you want to feel comp- like completely uh, immersed immersed in that world. And yeah. uh, and I think there's two things that kind of fight against that. One is that he's not uh, sort of building, building scenes. Uh, and two, you're aware be- – and it's because she's aware pretty early on that she's in a dream. It makes me less invested uh, whereas, like, you watch something like Mulholland Drive, which is also a dream movie, like, it's fucking terrifying and sad and weird. Um, even if you catch on that it is actually a dream earlier, you're still like, this person is extremely fucked up. <laughs> and the, uh, and I think that's the music cues, though. Oh, it's, uh, it's everything. Because and then that, that's like, literally Lynch, everything. the way he. Yeah. That kind of like. Nobody uh, does dreams like, like tremolo like, yeah. reverb. Yeah. It's. He's pulling you he in with pulls, everything. He does absolutely everything. Yeah, and it's um, well, like there's instance, no cues. The music yeah, cues like, are a different set of he, cues, and he's so because and he's, so, he's just doing emotionally. Well, like, rather instance, than the audience wants it now. In, in Mulholland and Drive, it, when when she has to go to the uh, audition, right, and you see her do the audition, uh, practice the audition with uh, with her friend in the kitchen, and she's fucking terrible, and it's all you're like, oh my god, this is gonna be a fucking disaster. And then she goes in the audition, and you're like, oh man, this is like, it's already like, it's a weird favor that she's there, and you're just like, this is gonna be horrible. And you just you're getting ready to be awkward, and then suddenly she's so fucking b- much better than she than anyone in the movie has been yet that you are overwhelmed, right? And what that does is pulls you into the believability of her emotional world and also tricks you like a dream does. Mm-hmm. And so like you are now emotionally invested in this thing because he built the scene properly. Uh, and you have that, the transition that uh, you have when you're in a dream where you take things incredibly seriously that you shouldn't. Right. Whereas like with um, 
uh, with Mirror Mask, uh, he is so McKeon is so focused on creating an interesting image, World, yeah, just a single image. That, that's right. But I think because that that's, that's what I was saying earlier. The wide angle. It's like it's it, almost like the a, frame is great. Yeah. Right. Um, but the frame doesn't necessarily tell a story with the next. No, frame. he's thinking composition. Yeah, not exactly. Story. That's my that's my sole issue with. And picture. I think part of it is that it doesn't progress. Right. You stay in the same look the whole time. time. Yeah. The different the different areas or right. Right. And scenes or locations, whatever you want to call it, don't I'll tell you change that. so much. Right. And, and also and also no, story wise, she's sort of like wandery for a while. Yeah. And I think that that that, and, that, that makes it that makes it The thing about it, it, it is it plays too long. Pardon me. Yeah. The thing about it is that the, she is an actress who's really strong. Yeah, absolutely. she's so good that it carries you through. Um, it helps. Yeah, it really helps the whole storyline. There it, was, yeah, I, I, there was, there was a lot of traditional uh, 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 young adult themes going through this whole thing, mm-hmm. and the journey and the road. You know, you, you now you're at the step where you have this, this, this journey or this encounter to the next encounter to the next encounter to the next encounter uh, to different characters, right? right? Each one of them, and it's very well built in terms mm-hmm. of the ideas. Like, oh, well, this is part of this. Yeah, it's thing. all cool. It's all, really it's all cool, yeah. great, you know, and you think it's like, oh, remember that part, or remember that part, and that's part of the journey. And every part of it goes, and then when you get to the fourth act, it gets very, very dark, <laughs> right. right? And then you have to come out of that. You know, and then, you know it's interesting. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really off today. I apologize. You are not off. You're just, you're just Derek, dude. I you're love just beautiful. You. I you're love just beautiful. You, One of the things, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go like, ahead. One no, of the just things get it that out I know Get it all out, man. Is like when you watch, and I'm not pushing Schnabel. Trust me, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not pushing knobs. Let's but do the, it. The point is this: um, is that in Before Night Falls, you see Javier Bardem overlooking. I think it's like Alphabet City, out on the street, and he came up the stairs and he's sick with AIDS, and he has a little plant, and then he looks out the window to see his friend come, and it pants down, and there are roses on it, and that sense of time passing. Mm-hmm. Is so poetic with him because he can visually help pass time, and that's an important thing mm-hmm. for. Like I was looking at that today, I was like this morning, like man, how he really gave a sense of because it covers this whole poet's life, how time passed, but it was seamless. And you're just like him as a little baby in a hole in Cuba. His mother would put him in a hole in the ground so he wouldn't run around the farm in the country of Cuba in, in the countryside. And it was just the way it just kind of went all the way. And he's a writer at the university. It's just like it just works. And I think sometimes when you're trying to push a visual so strong, you lose that sense of seam, that tie, that kind of thread yeah, you're trying to. With, with movies, you know, great, great film, you're creating every image creates a context for the next image. You know? Yes. And, the, and, and so like you're not just looking at a single thing by itself. You're looking at it. In relation to everything that you've seen. That's right. So right? maybe when you set it up as a storybook that doesn't – I'm not saying the storybook is wrong because they're illustrators. Mm-hmm. Their sense of the page turning or time is different. Well, the, this is the thing. And there's, there's a – have you read the book uh, Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud? No. It's super, super good. The and in-betweens? Yes. This is, it's, the, it's the gutter. We've had this uh, conversation. Talk, like this yeah. is the – the idea is that um, like, uh, the – 
if you see Superman throw a punch, right? Like the first frame is Superman with his fist cocked back. And the second frame is the punch has already been thrown. The punch happens in the gutter between the two frames. Like oh, the, mm-hmm. it happens in your mind. But that's mm-hmm. the right? Walter Merch thing. Blink of an eye. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's blink of an eye. Exactly yeah. the same thing. Film, yes. And, uh, and, uh, but the other thing that's brought up in that same chapter is that. I like to use our personal example mm-hmm. of our car crash sequence in V-Ray IRL. That's wow. right. Where you think where, you see the car crash. You think you see a car crash. I'm getting more wine. I'll be right back. Yeah. Go for it. It looks like it's an, a $50,000 car crash when it really costs us like 10 cents. Yeah, yeah that's right. That yeah. It's, uh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can chop it up. Um, but yeah, no, the, in, the, in the same uh, chapter uh, that talks about the gutter, it also talks about how time works in a single frame because in a comic uh, – or in a painting or any single frame element, like time is, it's not just a snapshot. It's actually the, your eye like, moving around. The it's frame. your eye. Your eye is time. Right. And, and like the, and then the connections you're making, it's like the, the, like happen through the image itself. It's how you read yeah, it. How you are reading it. And it's an active moment of the image. And so like, for example, like you can imagine a, a wide frame of a living room in a comic and you'll see a, a door is open. Someone's walking through and the, the bubble is like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. And then you see two people on a couch and are kissing. And one of them is saying, uh, I told you, get out of here. Like these things aren't happening simultaneously. You know, like they're happening as your eyes moving across the frame. Sure. And that happens a lot in this movie. Like where I'm just like, if you just stayed on the frame, mm-hmm. then you'd be made, then the movie would be even better. Right. Because like, it's just like, it's a great frame with so many awesome little details over and over again. Like you'd have like a great big wide frame and they're just like, there's not just the actress you're supposed to be looking at. There's like 13 other things in the shot that are all fucking crazy Weird. and amazing. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, I do, guess give me a minute. I'm still, I, I, in, I'm still yeah. doing this, you know? And, uh, and, and, and part of it's great that he, he, uh, and I mean this in the right way. Like he throws it away. Like he, like all this beautiful stuff. Like he just, Puts it up and takes it away. Puts it up and takes it away. And you're like, it, it's it's overwhelming how many great visual ideas there are in in any ten seconds of this movie. Um, but at the same time, uh, it doesn't get to connect with itself um, mm-hmm. second to second in a way that something like you know if you're doing Coraline, Coraline does that properly. Even if the images aren't quite as crazy in Coraline, you know it's more emotionally successful because of the the connectivity between the images uh, that you're saying. But that said. This is an awesome looking movie. Like I, I, I would say, like the two things that excited me the most about this movie are that it's like looking through someone's great sketchbook, I and mean, it's just like every moving every, sketchbook. Yeah, it's like, just fucking I, great looking. I, I loved, I loved the the, the concept art. Mm-hmm. I loved. Oh, that was beautiful. The general, the general. Uh, I, I love the the drawings. The, the drawings, drawings were incredible on the wall. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. A big part of it. Uh, I loved the the whole flow of the movie. I had a few problems with the the effects on it, and I had a few problems with the dialogue on it. Right. Uh, the acting I thought was really great. Yeah, which which is actually the thing that most really first time directors fuck up. Right. You know, it's and he actually direction. gets a great, yeah, uh, pretty he does good a direction. really good direction on it. But it, you know, there was it was funny because I, it, uh, I had another weird. Uh, sorry, I keep bringing up Brady, but it was a funny funny story. Like we, he and I were were, were walking to school. And then uh, this movie made me think of it. He he was telling me he just he brings up these random things like you know when you time travel in your dreams is what he tells me and I'm like 
what what do you mean by that? And he gets frustrated because he assumes I understand what he's talking about. But <laughs> right. I is don't. he talking specifically about your dreams? No. Anyway, <laughs> I've he, been watching your dreams, and he says, you know, he says, you know, when you when you're dreaming and you realize you're in a dream, which is what the like what, lucid dreaming, right. right? And he goes, you realize you're in a dream, and you make a really bad decision in your dream, mm-hmm. and you say, hmm, I, and then you time travel back to redo. That mm-hmm. in your dream, and I was like, uh, I kind of know what you're saying. Goes, I understand what I, you're yeah, saying. Exactly, I understand what you're <laughs> saying. He says, but so I you time travel back so you can make a different this. choice. Right. And he goes, the problem I have is that every time I time travel back in my dream to make a different choice. I keep making the same choice <laughs> as if I'm forced Wait, that's to how ma- I live my life. As if I'm forced to make that decision and figure out the implication. <coughs> He's telling me this as we're walking. Right. I'm like, what? And I was realizing, like, this is pretty trippy. Yeah, that's wacko. <coughs> but then I thought about it in this movie because she is basically having a lucid dream, right? Mm-hmm. So she could technically go, hmm. Because I do, I do remember in my own dreams where I'm like, oh, that was – you know, uh, a bad decision, and then I wake myself up, or whatever, or something happens, right? Like, or or I try to change. I do remember trying to change my dreams when right. I dream, uh, or tra- change the direction of my dreams because I'm conscious of my dreaming. Uh, that didn't seem to happen as much. In well, the I wish there, I wish there was more time aspect in it. Yeah, like there was a little bit something more dreamy about the how the how it interacted. It was a little linear, right? Like yeah, there's right. an opportunity missed. But I it was interesting to see the the connection between the quote unquote real world and her world. I thought that stuff was good. Very cool. I thought that was very good. And I love the fact that it was related to her own drawings on the wall, right? right. Like the, her her drawings on the wall became the 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 windows into the real world. Yeah. Right. Which is I think a big thing because I have my – when I dream or when I remember my dreams, they've always been very surreal and weird. And But every now and then I can pick out little elements from real life, stuff that's going on yep. that has appeared. Yeah. And right. I'm like, I'll wake up and if I – like I remember one specifically from high school where like some of the guys had like a nickname for each other and one day I just dreamed – this whole thing and the and the nickname for each other like manifested itself and we were in like the cafeteria and there's a spotlight or whatever and I woke up and I was like well that was a really weird dream but I can tell exactly where it came from it's right. just right. hearing them call each other this nickname yeah, all the right, time right, right. Right. and but the dream was like in this just otherworldly like very surreal kind of thing and so I think that's why I part of the reason I like this movie so much is because I'm like I have weird crazy dreams like that too that like don't make sense Melt, right, right, right. melting had, clocks well, like, you know, like, do you, when you do you ever have dreams where like I guess but I can't control anything in my dreams do you have do, I, your, do you have dreams where you have um, not recurring stories and dreams but recurring places yes and because uh, this happens to me like I have like sort of like my I have like a, you know uh, it's like the side of a theater where you keep all the extra flats and shit mm-hmm. like they're like we didn't paint a house so we're just gonna wheel out the same house from the last dream sorry <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't get our shit together <laughs> like and it all gets kind of glued together is that does that happen for you yeah mine is like this weird like i had one that i felt i, I don't even i don't even know if it's completely true but i felt like i had 
dreamed about the same place several times and it was very um it was almost like underwater ish mm-hmm. like coral colors weird shapes and stuff but at the same time it was very a lot of the paths i was walking was very circular but right. in a in a escher sort of yeah, way right right so and then you know i woke up one morning and i was like i keep dreaming about the same weird I get surreal that. place I've had it since uh, 1983 but i don't know i don't know if i i don't know if that's actually true though like it's almost like um I, I, true like what uh, what do you call it when you think something has happened or uh, deja vu deja like, vu yeah, yeah. Deja vu. it's almost I've like the deja that. vu thing like i've had that is it really the second yeah, time I've right. dreamed this? Yeah, or, or am I dreaming no. the second yeah. time I've dreamed this? Yeah, exactly. I've had that where I've, I've dreamed things and they've happened. Oh, there we go. Okay, this guy fucking <laughs> – but my sister has the same thing. But I'm they, not going to go down really? this road. I'm not going to go down this fucking road. But the point is I have – If mine co- come true, we're all in trouble. <laughs> I, <laughs> got some, yeah, I got some good ones saved up for you guys. So I had a dream I'm the other night. you a hard time, Eric. I always give you're, you a hard time. You're giving me the fucking hard time. But here's the thing. I had a dream two nights ago where my wife was fighting with me and I, I was like, you know what? God damn it. So I turn around and Gigi Hadid is there. And, I was, and she's like, let's go out to dinner. I'm like – yeah, let's go out to dinner. <laughs> yeah, and on, then I woke up next morning. I'm like, Gigi Hadid, we had dinner. We went out for drinks. She's wonderful. She's so smart and so yeah. nice. And my wife's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, you fought with me in the dream. But then I went out with Gigi Hadid. How about that? <laughs> yeah, like I've had, I've, had a, I've had a zillion dreams in this one house. Like I have the house that I dream about all the time. and And it's sort of like – and I know to the point where – I will realize I'm in the dream because I'm at this house and I know the entire interior of the house. Like I can draw it. Like I, this is not a house that I've ever lived in ever at all, but like there's a, you know, like it's an old Boston triple decker kind of thing. And, but it's, it's like uh part of it is, you know, where I was science class in fifth grade, fourth grade. And then there's this enormous theater in the back, like a thousand seat theater. And as soon as I show up there, I'll be, I'll just dream about a theater and I'm like, I'm in the fucking house again. <laughs> like it's sort of disappointing. Like, oh, it's a dream. <laughs> I'm yeah. in the dream house. I know this fucking place. I sucks. have <laughs> I have this problem with my dreams, and I started to realize like like my dreams can go from really trippy, weird to completely mundane, right? But the reoccurring theme, or the thing that that re- that happens in all of them, is my dream is about preparing to do something. Like about to do something. That's I'm what about, my life is. <laughs> I'm about to do some big thing. I'm right. about to meet a president or I'm about to uh, like go on a big journey or I'm about to do – and it's just like that never happens. I'm just preparing for that to happen. Right. And my dream never gets to the actual thing that I'm right, right, right. waiting to do. It's horrible. And I think what has happened because I've been traveling so much and I spend so much time in a fucking waiting room waiting for my flight or waiting for my this or waiting for – like waiting for things that – or waiting for a freaking render maybe. I don't know. (laughs) But whatever it is, like I spend so much – like my dream is like – it's frustrating because I'm like, can can we just – 
nope, no, we got to just fill the, like it, everything. It's from like, this could be some incredible thing. I'm like, no, whatever. you just got to, there's some detail. I'm picturing the Beetlejuice waiting, <sighs> oh, waiting yeah. room. Dude, it's one of the best scenes in movie history right there. <laughs> yeah. Tiny head. <laughs> yeah. The tiny head guy. God, yeah. Some- like imagine that. Like I'm like, um, well, um, uh, yeah, that's my dreams. Like now it's, it's frustrating. I, and you know, let us know on Twitter if you think I'm going crazy. No, but yeah, no, I, I feel you. Like, like right now, I'm having a lot of clearly big anxiety dreams where like something is wrong, but it's never like I'm like I'm I have to do something, I have to get done with something, but I know that something is wrong. Like in quotes, mm-hmm. it never shows up in the dream. It's right. just raw anxiety. Like in the dream, I'm like I don't know, like cleaning the house, but. There's like, you better get done with cleaning the house because that shit's going to happen soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? what? What is that? No idea. Never, never gets yeah. resolved. I don't know. It's just out there floating away. But like the, I think the, the, like I'm in movies, the most realistic emotion for me that connects me to dream films is not wonderment. It is anxiety. Like that is absolutely the key frame of reference. Well, for me that was trains. something I really appreciated about this movie specifically is that I think it really, it there was something really dreamy about it, mm-hmm. right? Right, and in the way that it did is like I, you know, it it felt like genuinely like, yeah, I'm. This is a dream, right? Right, not my dream, right? Yeah, I mean, it felt like you're having a dream about watching a movie about a dream. Like it's yeah. sort of like this wandery, strange experience, and the imagery is is sort of like both brilliant and a little underfunded, and like there's but and also like but also all that shakiness sort of combines. Dreams into that, are not always flavor. a pleasant experience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, and they're not like, ooh, this is beautiful. It's like a dream. Yeah. Like that's no, this yeah. is not what dreams may come. Yeah, you know, this exactly. is this is this is a uh, huh, yeah, and yeah. and what's. What's refreshing is that you can basically someone illustrated it, right? Mm-hmm. Someone put it up there on the screen somehow, uh, and and that was kind of an interesting experience on its own. I always have dreams where um, I lose my luggage in an airport. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I, I, no, no, hold I, on a second. Hold I on a have second. airport dreams all yeah, the time. They're it's- airport dreams, and I miss my flight or I lose my luggage, and then people from that week, like my brother, or friends, or my wife, or my daughter. They get on the plane, and or I've lost my luggage, and I miss my flight, mm-hmm. and I lose my luggage, and that all comes down as I wake up and tell my wife, and she looks it up. It's unrealized potential. Oh man, when I'm- you lose your luggage or when you miss the planes, so everybody else is getting it except you, and I'm like, where's my? So I get those sometimes, it, or I get it where I, I'm. I just get it where, with, I, where, I, uh, where I'm. I'm playing in the piano with Liberace. Where I'm in the mean? airport with my kids, and, and, I, and I lost. And I lose <laughs> hot dog eating contest. I lose my kids. I lose my kids in the airport. That's the one that I have. The, okay, what? I mean, and, I, and I know I, I don't travel with my kids. I do business travel. Tell me what this was. I think I brought this up before. My favorite dream ever is when I dreamt. Gigi Hadid. My close when we had to dinner. That was you. That was that Gigi was and weird. I were in the corner. I we was were Gigi waiting. Hadid. We sent over a drink. We sent over a Cosmo, and we're like, 
please, from I, us. I, uh, <laughs> that's so strange. And we were and in the like, house. And you said, I don't drink anymore. And I'm but like, it's like, it's okay. Uh, it's a dream. It's a dream. And then Gigi gets up and leaves. Yeah. Like, Gigi, baby doll, don't dreams? go. Don't go, sweetie. I have Come not on, gotten stay. drunk in my – that's an interesting question. I have not gotten drunk in my dreams. Yeah. I have uh, – It's a missed opportunity. Your drinking partner in your dreams is Alan Hale Jr. Exactly, dude. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Imagine that. Fucking hit it at the frolic room with Alan Hale Jr. Oh, my God. That's it. That is the And for people who are fans of the frolic room – Know that there's a picture of Alan Hale Jr. on the bar. bar. Just letting you know. So that so th- we're connected. This may be a dream right now. The way that we're it's connecting. a dream. This is it. <gasps> What's real? The, Push me. <laughs> my favorite dream that I ever had was when I dreamt my skin was made of orange rind. That was incredible. That's a great dream. That was Whoa. so great because That's every time like I bent a joint there. or I twisted my arm, it would just go. It's an orange it commercial. It was amazing. <laughs> right? It was so refreshing. Everyone loved to be around me, and I ate my hand yeah. when I woke up. Senor Orangina. It was yeah. so lovely. It was yeah. Yeah. available yeah. in 12 hours. That's a zesty dream right there. It was quite a zesty <laughs> dream. Exactly. What, what are your favorite dream movies, Kat? Dream movies. Yeah. Um, what, or what is best represented in an actual dream for you? Oh, goodness. That's actually... I'm even thinking for myself. That's, I know that's a hard one. Because I mean, I think that uh, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, yeah, you go has, first. <laughs> Lynch, Lynch has done some of the very best ones for me. Okay, he is definitely up there. Uh, Eraserhead feels with, hits the nail. Director's Cut, Blade Runner. Ooh, Trenchers with the cut, unicorn, yeah, the unicorn stuff. I love the unicorn okay. stuff. Okay, that gives away that. everything. Uh, I, I, lo- I love the unicorn scene, even the big the wobbly cell. Thing. Oh, the cell's great. Yeah, the, the, cell, cell. the imagery in the cell is outlandish. Yeah, yeah, the, I, like those that. That's the separated horse. The weird, yeah, like, yeah. just okay, here's, 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 here's the problem Tarsam, that, I have, yeah. what that I have when I watched The Cell is, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, uh, I accidentally got extraordinarily high before watching <gasps> the movie. Accidentally got what? extraordinarily <laughs> high. And then it we, the gummies. We, it was the gummies. We, it was the gummies. <laughs> and, and then I got, I got to the, uh, we got to the movie theater uh, uh, late. So mm-hmm. this was before assigned seating. So we were like three rows oh, God. from the front. And I'm sitting there looking up, and I'm like, uh, and then I see this horse sliced, in, no, and, dude. and I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, the, like, you don't even <laughs> have to get that far. I see Vincent D'Onofrio, 14 stories tall, and yeah. I'm out of there. Forget yeah. Like that. Man, oh, man. No, yeah, that's the – whatever happened to Tarsem? He was he did uh, The Fall. That was the greatest no, it's beautiful fragrance film. ad it's I've ever seen. Man. It was two Absolutely hours of beautiful Calvin Klein fragrance ad. The Fall is beautiful. The Fall is beautiful, and it's basically – it's a movie like this. You know, it's, a, it's another he semi also movie. He also did – Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is, we were working on it at Method at the time, a mm. commercial for any of you technology geeks would like this, the Palm Pre. The Palm Pre? Yes. Do you remember the Palm Pre? It's the last Palm phone ever made. Oh, no, I don't. I barely remember the Palm. Okay. So if any of you tech, tech, technology geeks out there, like it is famous. The Palm Pre is one of the most famous phones in terms of arc, of, of, uh, technology stuff that's gone on so the 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 palm uh and the like the technology a lot of the 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 idea of the interface of the palm uh, uh from the palm pre went to become android but um they were going to make this phone that was going to be like this is going to be the phone that's going to break away from the iphone right mm-hmm. it's going to be the breakaway phone and they hired uh what's his name Tar- tartan tarsem tarsem to uh, to do the commercial for this, and it was the trippiest. Like, oh yeah! What the fuck did I just watch commercial? Right. Right. It was beautiful, but you're like, 
What what happened? What happened? What am I advertising? It reminded me of the Simpsons commercials for when he had like the the black and white. Uh, he did the 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 the, 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 the Mister Plow commercial where it's <laughs> yeah. like ah. Mister Plow. But yeah. he did the. Uh, I worked when I worked in uh, for director uh, Stan, who mm-hmm. really helped me get into grad school. Thank you, Stan. Uh, he uh, Larry Fong was in our office, and Larry shot uh, Losing My Religion. Oh yeah, and that's mm-hmm. Tarsem. And they did. That was Tarzan? Yeah. Really? Oh. I'm almost positive yeah. it was Tarzan because they were friends from Art Center or something yeah. like that. Or Art. Something I'm, like that. I think it's Tarzan that did that. The fall yeah. is amazing. Yeah, the dude's a visualist like Supreme. I remember when I actually it was interesting. I was at. Oh, no grit though. No grit. You need a little bit of that schnabel grit in there. You need the schnobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not pushing the schnabel. I'm just saying. You are. You need a little at bit Julian of. Julian Schnabel. You need a little bit of that. Um, when it's too visual and it's too – you need a, a mistake in a sense. And that's where Lynch is good because everything is so much more organic like an abstract painter where it's all pure visuals. Mm-hmm. But those kind of things like you know, he plays these uh, tremolo um, um, guitars that are laid flat right. like a pedal steel, uh, Schoberg uh, uh, pedal steels mm-hmm. and they're – Tiered and they just had different vibratos on them, and it's like boom, 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 boom. that kind of before, stuff. Before, is right, organic, before, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah. planned. Hold on, hold on. Like right. we got it storyboarded. The, That's we, the grit. We I'm mentioned sorry. on a podcast before Beethoven Seventh, and I can't remember what we were talking about. I'm Beethoven Seventh. We we Hummed. No, we we mentioned that it was bro- no. <laughs> it was part of a part of a movie and it was part of the soundtrack. Hummet. 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 Beethoven seventh. Hummet. <laughs> no. How does it go? That's oh, the Hummet. film. Yeah. Yes. Right. 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 I want to say that, which I love because it's mostly one note. Yes. I'm going to say that we're probably talking about Barry Lyndon. Yes. Yes. I think that might be it. I think it might be it. We were talking about that. Anyway, I mentioned a story, and I want to go full circle because I mentioned it and I couldn't complete it because I had memory lapse during that episode. We were talking specifically about the fact that I was at Method Mm -hmm. and uh, I think is because we were doing that Tarzan commercial Uh and I, and I had, uh, you know, I was, I had remembered watching the fall and I decided, you know what? I want to listen to Beethoven seventh. And so I listened to Beethoven seventh in our room. We had an office, like four people and we had speakers and I was like, Instead of just listening to whatever, I want to listen to classical music and listen to Beethoven Seventh. And someone came and was like, "Oh my God, you guys are listening to the soundtrack to the Fall." I says, "No, I'm no. listening to Beethoven Seventh." Amazing. <laughs> and they had no idea that Beethoven wrote that. It's like, oh, I thought it's a piece of music. Yeah. It's a piece of music from the movie. And it's like, no. Well, it's, I mean, when Beethoven was writing it, he was, he was going like, "This movie is going to fucking kill." <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be the greatest. But anyway, so but much. it's been used in a lot of a uh, lot of mm-hmm. lot of movies, like like Barry Lyndon. I think. Yep. I, right. I, I, if I'm thinking of the right one, I'm pretty I sure that, you're that, right. Yeah, that's the um, that's the dual music. I I think I'm not totally sure. But, uh, yeah. Maybe think of another one, but I can't remember the title. Yeah, that's uh, if if I if I uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to have, have to pull up on my phone. But the uh, uh, but yeah, like there, there's there's a there's what a tone. tone is that? Uh, Android. Android? Uh, Pixel 4. Whoops. 
Oh, you've got a four. That's is that the, the fancy new fancy camera one? Just, just new, fresh, fresh. Really? So yeah. fresh that's, yeah. why, that's why I asked. It's, like, look at my hand. It's huge. I know. Can I see it when you're done? Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I have, I, have, I have the note, but it's it's wider than the note. Yeah, I'm actually. Here's I, a question: a Why she's too. going through the phone and answering her uh, emails and, and no, not paying just, attention to us? She's looking. But that's fine. I'm you're a guest. A it's fine. <laughs> um, but the thing is. Here's the qu- here's a question for you. For, was, for me to to lead you to the name of this film yes, would be amazing. such a path. Dude, I, I, do you I, want I, me to do it? I'm no, being, I'm I'm being okay. a douche. Okay. I'm sorry. But while you're doing that, no, I'm going to no. just point Let to her finish. She's no, no, guest. no. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to lead you to this okay, film. Okay, do it. Alexander Skarsgård, uh-huh. Kirsten Dunst. Okay, yes. End of the world. Yeah, I already know. Yeah, it's melancholia. 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 It's fucking awesome. I mean, it's great. Yeah, another one that's like a weird dream. Oh, it's beautiful. That's a great film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Until the end of the world, you said that. That is a great film. Until the end of the world. It's a great film. Do you know know what my wife calls it? What? Until the end of the movie. Oh, then I got some good news for you. Dude, I got to tell you. I love that movie. I like it. Dude. I haven't seen the five and a half hour version. And you will be able to see it because it's coming out on Criterion this Christmas. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. There's a U2 song on that from Zuropa. Yeah, it's incredible. Green Lights, 7-Eleven. That song is so beautiful. That soundtrack is one of the great on that. And Nick Cave. Tom Waits, Nick Cave. Nick Cave is like, you know... I, he's my favorite. Have, yeah. Do you like Nick Cave? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've seen him tw- nineteen times in concert. Nineteen? He is my absolute almost as many times you as we've seen. I'm uh, telling you, Titanic. man. I am telling you, yes. Nick. <laughs> he's like, you know, uh, I love you, girl. I love you to the end of the world. You know that yeah. song? Mm-hmm. It's like because uh, sometimes I walk around the house. And it's like. Um, you know the the bomb and the bread baskets ready to blow. Ready to blow. I gotta yeah, go. Right. I gotta go. And my daughter looks at me like, "What are you talking about, Dad?" And uh, like, no, nothing. That entire soundtrack is it's one of the great soundtracks of all time. That collection of songs, unbelievably good. The movie is incredibly good. And if you watch it now, it seems like a movie that is made now as a commentary by the about way, social media. By the way, it, and it was made opens in with cremation by yep. Lou. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Look at that. Period. Side. That pa- same period, you know, that yeah. fall night. No, it's a terrific movie. Fuck. Max von Sydow, uh, uh, the woman from uh, Wings of Desire, who's terrific. Oh uh, everybody's in this picture. And they're coming out with a DVD release on a criterion of the actual five and a half hour edition that they did not release in 1990. I'm very, That's very excited. It's a beautiful phone. That's with a case. You That's bought the case? Huge. Look at that yeah, thing. Yeah. It case. comes with it. No, no, I, we bought the I can, It's I a Google the case. case. Yeah. That is a beautiful phone. I love the fabric. And the camera's nice. Mm-hmm. I have the Pixel 2, and I've had it for a long time. It's, it's been... actually lighter than my um... – Let me see this. Does it? Let me see the radar on it. Does it that's do the... her phone, my no, phone. No, no, yeah, this fuck, is a beautiful phone. Fuck that piece of shit. Look at this. This is beautiful. <laughs> what Can you do the radar? Douche. And I went from 10 years of an do... iPhone to, to this. Do, does it do radar stuff? Have you done the radar stuff? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't figured that out yet i'm still going from just so the, i'm still pic- transitioning from an iphone user to a right pixel so the, the pixel 4 well and it's a brand new no one has this this is the only phone that ever has this yeah so the, there's a there's actually a radar on the front of the phone so that you can gesture to it and it'll do things so i do have it actually, working at night you can do something where you, even with your fingers you can do this and it'll detect your your hand motion wait a minute say yeah. that again yeah you can do like this Means you can do this. Pull up the camera. You can just like when you when the phone is down, it doesn't do anything, and just you approaching like, like, your phone. You're doing a little mini Tom Cruise minority report action. It's it's <laughs> exactly. So it's exactly. Can it's it can say, detect micro motion. Play Jimmy Swaggart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Or you can look at your phone and it, and it'll play music and you just go like this and it'll go to the next track. 
motherfucker. And you know, you can also say. And basically, when I did track. do this, I basically <laughs> just waved my hand slightly slightly in front of the phone. It's extraordinarily sensitive. They call it uh, Project Series. Project extraordinarily <laughs> sensitive. <laughs> it's true. Project ES. Yeah, I, I do like the this little is, sort of this like this is, nice. is the land of douchebags. By the way, we are just back and forth. <laughs> the 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 little right. and, it, and it doesn't recognize me, which is good because it's well, kind success, of like because that is not your phone. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Gigi see, Hadid look, with me. All I have to do is like look Yeah, what? it's so fast. It's what? The, that is facial facial recognition. Facial yeah. I know, I have it, but mine's slow on this thing. It's yeah, but uh, on the on this one it's the fastest one around. So fast that people said it's disturbing because they don't know if it actually worked or not. Yeah. Like and, and sometimes you just approaching your phone unlocks the phone and may put a message up that you don't want someone to see. Oh, so there's nice, actually nice. Yeah. that's what I like to say. Man, oh, man. Like, I actually thought about getting a Pixel 4, but now I don't know. It's I, I My phone still works. The only thing that sucks about my phone right now is the battery life, honestly. But that's normal. Because no, the it's battery like life on years. mine is, is horrible. Yeah. We are now officially we, an episode we, of The Verge. Yeah, we yes. digress. <laughs> digress. So serious. Yeah. Just let you, you know. know what? That phone is dreamy. Let's get back to dreams. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> so, so just circling back a little bit, uh, Lars von Trier yes. also does a lot of – Oh yeah, he does Weird, some beautiful dreamy. stuff. Sure, sure, sure. But beautiful stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, have you seen um, uh, what's the his hospital movie uh, slash show that he did? Do you see this thing? The sh- it's uh, a ER? it, it was done just all in Swedish or all in something. German. Probably, I like weird stuff. You, like you that. would if you haven't seen this one. It's it's something hospital or something. The I can't think of the name of it. If you like the really what? upsetting dreamy stuff, that is the one. It's outlandish. It's got Udo Kier. You directed it? Yeah. Udo Kier. Yeah. And it's that's everything. All, that's Warhol, dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's still kicking. He's still rocking it. Udo Kier. God bless that guy. Let's uh, see. This do is, any of those okay. look familiar? Uh, okay. I have not seen The House of the Jack Bolt. Uh, Nymphomaniac 1 and 2 I've seen. I've, I've seen all these things. Uh, Dogville, blah, blah, blah. Where is it? Where is it? Dance from the Dark. The Kingdom. That's it. Kingdom. The kingdom. Yeah. It's oh. like, it's like five or something hours long. And it is, uh, it's a sort of a hospital melodrama only via his Ooh. completely freaked out style. And it's awesome. I am it's watching a heist yeah. film, a Spanish heist film on Netflix. That's a series with the worst overdubbing in the world, but it's still pretty good. And it's called the red something or other, or the, uh, you know, the, the guy bank that, heist, the or bank heist. Yeah. Bank, which is a terrible name. Cause it's actually yeah, like the house like, paper. Paper House is the real name yeah, of it or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's from uh, – it's shot in Madrid or something with the professor and so yep. forth. So good. I know. Was oh, this the show or the movie? Movie? Show. It's a TV oh, show. Oh, it's called Money Heist. Money Heist. Which the, is the silliest name I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Yeah, and it's got the worst overdub. Yeah. yeah. Money in Heist. In the world. Money it's Heist. A, but it's like, like La uh, El Papel de – Casa, Casa yeah, de yeah, Papel. Super house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, which is and I'm a like, great which title. is a better name. Like yeah, money heist. Like first of all, the only thing that you are ever heisting is money. If it's something else, then you say something heist. How like it's a cat heist, heist or it's yeah. a, whatever it is heist. Yeah. But if it's just a heist, you're stealing money. <laughs> like, exactly. Like you don't say money heist. Great show. Though. That's like Shrimp Scampi. It's good. <laughs> it's like Shrimp Shrimpy. Ocean's Eleven. Shrimp, it's a little bit, Shrimp, but, but, but it's very so good. Yeah. yeah, I hear the show is amazing. So I didn't sometimes watch it because talk, of the name. It was so sometimes dumb. Sometimes it sinks like, oh, no. up the overdub, and then other times it's. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't it's even think. Dumb. I think uh, I watched it in that's Spanish. That's not going to work for an audio podcast. Yeah, but the point is, you just <laughs> <he> make <laughs> motions with his mouth. I do. I play it when I work. 
uh, I've been the past couple days when I'm working in this, in my studio and I, I listen to it and kind of glance a little bit. It's awesome. It's actually great as a podcast. I can't I can't do dubs. I I listen to native language and read I, captions. I, I, yeah, like I, I will always choose uh like uh, uh what do you call them subtitles of the native language but i don't mean to say that like that, that i'm an elitist who only prefers this it's just that it's the least annoying the dubs the, uh, <laughs> the dubs take me out of it because yeah, i feel it's like very, it's it's hard i started really watching hard. some jackie chang movies and dubs that i kind of like i was watching something and i think it was i want to say it was like venezuelan or argentine or something and the dub was so bad it's, like it sounded like the harder it, they it come, went, did you say? The harder they come. I love that film. No, I don't, no, yeah. it was a, it was a TV show that I started to watch, and I just couldn't. It has I couldn't. Man. I couldn't take the dub, and it, yeah, only, it was are, only a dub. Yeah, but it made it f- feel like a soap opera or something. Yeah. And I was like, the delivery. I was like, I think the original delivery had some emotion behind yeah, it. Because you're seeing the real acting, and right? and the dub just was like flat. This is this is the drag. Is like, although I will I will go to the mat for ADR. Like I love. Sort of Sound. crappy ADR in movies. Like in Blade Runner, yeah, there's this bit when he goes to the, uh, the, the guy that sells snakes, mm-hmm. the Egyptian, and the entire sequence is so badly dubbed. It's like, you know, it's just like talking on top of mouths that are not even moving at all. <laughs> and it's amazing. And they changed it for the final cut. And I was like, don't change that. That was, that was charming. It was amazing that they did. And there are many movies in the, like, if you go, like, anytime they go outside in a pre fifties movie and they're still doing, sound they have to dub it and so it's just like it sounds totally normal until they walk out the door and then it's like blah 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 blah. it sounds really wowed out <laughs> like i love that stuff but i can't stand trying to get emotionally involved in like whatever a kurosawa movie and the and the voice actors are terrible like that's mm-hmm. always awkward for me you know so so marcus fajaro i don't know if you guys uh marcos know marcos but uh he was talking about the fact that uh, when he was, you know, living in Spain, that uh, the Arnold's voice, Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice, was uh, dubbed by this very famous voice actor, right. or voice person, and it sounded very, you know, proficient. Yeah, like Hercules in New York is dubbed. Right, right, stuff, right, right. And it was like, oh, it was great. And then, like, he's seen all these Arnold Schwarzenegger movies with that voice. And then when he came to U.S. and he went to an Ar- to see the theater, and, and, he, saw, and he saw Arnold, saw Arnold like, like that. He's oh, like, what God. the. F- fuck is up with his voice <laughs> yeah that's amazing and it became hilarious and so he and his friends uh were were joking about arnold's voice like ah la 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 and that's what uh became that's what inspired the name of his render arnold arnold uh, really is. yeah that's fantastic it was all about that's like, hilarious yeah that's what inspired it did you see the uh the deep fix that uh they did uh Putting Arnold Schwarzenegger into Bill Hader. Uh, yes. uh, no, Bill, it's um, into Bill uh, No Country for Old Men. No, uh, oh, it's amazing. It, like, the, and it's the, it's the gas station scene when he goes and says, uh, you know, call it the whole that and oh, right. man, oh man. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's so fantastic. And they and the guy who's doing the Arnold voice is fucking. Hysterical. Let me ask you this because I was on a I was on a panel yesterday about the fix, uh, which was interesting, um, and it was like. Paranoid city in that in Ooh. that room. Like, right. Oh, like deep fakes are going to uh, end democracy as we know it. Uh, everything. We, who knows what Putin's doing? Like yeah, all this stuff, right? Yeah, and then so it, there were three. There there was a moderator on the panel mm-hmm. who was very good, uh, and then uh, three other three people on the panel. I was on the panel, 
And then this guy named Nikos who runs Quarter Crew who has been known – who's well known for the deep fakes he's done of Tom Cruise and Keanu right. Reeves right. that have been gone viral on the internet. And then uh, computer, science, computer scientist from UC Berkeley um, who studies this stuff and also does digital forensics to detect them, right? Right. Um, so um, everyone is like, this is – there are laws against deep fakes. I'm like, you – <laughs> there's no way to make a law against deep fakes. No, there's no laws sense. against no. – like, let's like – It's out on the internet. That's yeah. like trying to take pee out of a pool. It's yeah. not going to happen, right. right? And so Nikos and I were trying to – like, you know, it's it's there. It's, it is what it is and – Yeah, and worrying Nik- about it is not going to help you. Nikos <laughs> is there specifically – like he said, like what I like doing is like I like making videos with, you know, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves – quote unquote Keanu Reeves or quote unquote uh, uh, Tom Cruise in my viral videos because I can't really get Tom Cruise or Keanu Reeves there. But me adding them and making sort of a parody of them as a deep fake is an interesting thing. Plus, it brings awareness of the fact that like clearly that's not really Tom Cruise or Keanu Reeves. So you are aware, you learn that that – Because it's based on what your your pre-existing knowledge. Well, it's also the like – now that you know that a video like that can be made, you're going to question any other video, right? Yeah, like there's like the, the the paranoia that people have about it is that they will be tricked. I think the if you're going to be paranoid about anything, is that we will have a general higher level of disbelief in things that are true. I think that that's actually more of a problem. I don't. No, I, I don't, mean, like meaning that, I don't think meaning that that is already true, true, meaning that that is already that are, is already true. Truth meaning are, that it's already true, right. right? But truth or false. Our opinion is not like, going to change. There is no, yeah, the there's access no perception. The Access people, Hollywood video came people, out. Nothing changed people, in the landscape. <laughs> people already have no problem believing things to be true that are obviously false. Right. So like it's not going to make it more convincing that the, the, the illusion is better. They already think Pizzagate was real. Right. You know, so like the like that's not the issue. It's more like the Or they the, know that the Access Hollywood thing is real, but it this yeah, still is fucking matter. But here's the thing, the medium of what we're talking about, the, the believability of what we see and we take it to heart, things that we see uh from news and so forth and how we believe it and reflect upon it and use it to, as a comparison to our values, that medium is just going. Because there's no way you can tell now. The point is, what's the next? But that's Chris is saying is you can tell. Like yeah, but in ten years you won't be able to tell. Yeah, like no. Well, you you, actually young kids today will not have a context. Hold on, what is before? You actually you you may be able to tell. There you use the same techniques you use to make them will be the same techniques you use to detect them. That's basically what it is. It's going to be a cat and mouse game. But you're a guy who knows about the techniques. Yes, I know, and that is I think they're worried about the people who don't know about the techniques. Well, that is what I'm actually which is a larger majority. But yes, the the. I know about the techniques. The fact is there you need people to say what you just watched is real or not real. You just watch a Nancy Pelosi video where she looks drunk. That was clearly not real. You have to discredit that video and that's fine. There's going to be ways they're talking about blockchains on well, cameras. They're talking about all right. kinds of different techniques. The, the What's real and what's not real is – to be honest, I, hold on. 
Dan. I'm going to get on my freaking – no, 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 because you'd like – That's probably me. I'm actually – I'm Multiple things. There's loading them in my brain. But they are – the fact is it doesn't even matter if it's real or not real. Nothing changes people's minds anyway. This is what I was going to say, and I agree with you, is that the – the issue that we actually have isn't the the uh, believability of whatever we're looking at or reading. Yeah. It is that we already believe something and it isn't going to change. Like there's nothing you can do to convince someone that Pizzagate isn't real when they believe Pizzagate. It's totally idiotic, but they're already on board with it and they will defend that no matter what you show them. And this is now – and before like – I, uh, this, this is true about stuff I believe also. Like there are fixed beliefs that I have that even if they prove to be false will be hard to dismount from my brain. And whether or not, like the, you know, whether or not there's footage or not footage, like I'll be like, well, you know, the context of whether this is probably faked or whatever it is, like you're going to think that anyway, even if the visual effects are great or bad, it doesn't make any difference. Like the emotional response that we are, that we are, um, trained for now is I don't know what is actually real, so I'm just going to believe what I prefer. And that's the real, that's the actual problem that is not solvable by knowing something is artificial. Right. You know who actually said that? Uh, it was a uh, it was a journalist on Fox News mm-hmm. that I listened to recently, and he was basically giving a lecture to, uh, directed at the micro, and he was a journalist journalist, not one of the, Sean Hannity guys. He was an actual journalist, journalist, (laughs) right? And it wasn't Chris Wallace. It was another one. I forgot his name. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he basically said, there's a difference between calling something, Mr. President is what he said. There's a difference between calling something fake news and news that you don't like. Yeah, sure. And he said, and this was from Fox News. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing, but there it is. Yes. And I was like, Wow. Professional fake news generator Fox News. And the fact is, you know, honestly speaking, I actually think that the journalists, journalists, the real journalists on on Fox are actually very credible journalists. They're actually very good journalists. There's like, there's like the journalists for the Wall Street Journal, another conservative place. Like, those are good journalists. They're good journalists for the New York Times. Good journalists. I actually, I actually know, I actually know, there's a very uh, well-known journalist of the Wall Street Journal who's a friend of mine who's actually a big listener to this podcast and you know who you are. I'm not calling you out. I saw – Kim Strassel? No. <laughs> but I saw someone from the Wall Street Journal follow us on Twitter. So yes. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, the, the – uh, like I mean that's like – Wall Street Journal, I, mean, I may not agree with them politically or economically, he, he but I do I, think and that I'm they not, are I'm not calling him out, paper, but he and I have had this conversation about like specifically how important um, to him mm-hmm. – uh, ethically speaking, it is to stay completely neutral on a subject. Yeah. Right? Because that is actually unbelievably important for journalism. And he – he's uh, – Can he, you be 100 percent neutral on a subject? He has to keep his personal life and professional life very separate, right? So oh, he and absolutely. I have had, yeah. had that conversation on that matter. Well, you can, you can, but have, his you can name, have feelings about a subject. But, his name, but you have to be- his name, professionally speaking, cannot be tainted by any of his personal beliefs. So he has to keep that very – and he respects it unbelievably. And he actually even talked about specifically the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. and about all the stuff going on in journalism is specifically in the United States. He works for the, for the Wall Street Journal. He does He's not, uh, but and he was like, it's amazing how hardcore 
American journalism keeps that part of the, the – the, and I'm putting words in his mouth so he can correct me if he wants. And I'm sure he will because he usually does. Um, but uh, you know, how actually tries to, to, to abide by the journalism standards uh, and yet somehow we're discredited as the worst right. – Thing because well, we're no, yeah because yeah. well it's like yeah. it's it's news that sells itself I mean like there's the this is the the thing is that I don't think it's bad for journalists to have an opinion about the things they're covering like if you're covering Hitler's killing a lot of people you don't want to be like well there's two sides of this argument and like there's not I mean like one is genocide and the other is people running from genocide and you can have an emotion about that but b- you still have to be a responsible reporter which is different. You know, and I think that like, you know, like, cause if you look at like, um, well, like, you for can't, instance, like, you remember when news used to be boring and yeah, it was like just most, reporting the facts and yeah, moving on without any opinion like, on no, it? Because like, like for yeah. instance, Edward R. Murrow, right? Like had very strong feelings about what he was reporting on. He also was a very good journalist. Like he wasn't, he wasn't not telling you things because he liked one answer over another. That's where it goes wrong. That's what Fox News does. That's what other institutions do but they'll like they'll they'll be like well we're just going to report the stuff that we that that bolsters our yeah it's like this but (laughs) bolsters our argument so we're going to we're going to report that and we're going to under report or try to water down other things like that's bad journalism like you can still have a feeling about it that's okay but you don't have but 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 trying to sell something is a different thing entirely so my thought Can is – so quickly. My thought is this, is that like since Walter Cronkite in, during the Vietnam War, he they would go out and shoot these scenes of the battlefront and come back. And that imagery had such a profound effect on American politics and American culture. Uh, the idea of just the, the image, just like Warhol did – soup cans, the image. It's not just something you grab on the shelf and pay 25 cents for. That is art. That confusing thing. Mm-hmm. Pictures worth a thousand words. That's right. The picture, the image. And it's funny. I was listening to Songs of Drella today this morning and that's uh, Lou Reed and John Cale. Mm-hmm. And the first song is like images, images. I believe it, it's a – Warhol's concept of the images mm-hmm. is everything. My whole thing with this deep fake is that the people who rely on imagery to win their narrative – the news business Mm -hmm. and other things it's now being shred upon because now the people who are not the people who listen to podcasts and talk about obscure films by Julian Schnabel, Mm -hmm. but the people in between this coastline or wherever you want to be believe things based on images. And when that comes into doubt, that system of believing is changing. Would you say that we have already lost that war? Yes. Okay. That's the same this way when Warhol came and did the imagery of just basic products and said, like, like Duchamp with the urinal, it's right. breaking down a barrier that says, okay, here's something. It's called the fountain. Well, is this- okay, but the point is at the Armory Show in 1913 or 14, wherever the hell yeah. it was, that point is, is those breakdown of the barriers. This deep fake, the deep fake we're talking about is breaking down a ne- the way people are using narratives as a business to control mm-hmm. and it's scary. Yeah, well, is this kind of like the approach of, you know, when Photoshop came onto the scene? Yeah. And people were altering photos and they're like, oh God. Yeah. 
What's going to happen? Like, we can't believe any image we see from now on. Right. But, but now, now hold on, it's part of our language. But right. Deborah, Deborah did an amazing job on uh, on that panel, and she talked about the fact that people were faking photography for the last 100 years. Yeah, of course. And, and, and this was long before photo- Dodge and burn. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so they, they were not, not just dodge and burn. They had the, 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 the girl with the little fairies. That's right. The girl with the fairies, right? And for 100 years, they were like, no, no, no. These were 100% real. Yes, but you're missing the equation. Equation that you're missing here is that over the past 100 years, the system of belief, the education, what we're now is we have a whole society that has less, I believe, education mm-hmm. and less uh, the familiar structure, the family structure is going. I'm not trying, I'm not pushing a conservative agenda. I'm just saying we're in a world where people believe things. I literally was at a store two weeks ago and I overheard these people talking about how Paul McCartney is dead. And it was actually some guy, because it was some YouTube thing. And I'm thinking, so all the Beatles songs were never written by Paul McCartney. And I'm thinking, because they just saw it on YouTube. And I'm like, how dumb is that? But at the same time, I'm like, wow, people just believe anything that they want to. And that large percentage, it's scary if... The system of weighing, controlling them, and telling messages is goes. It's what is next. But I think you also have a large portion of the society that doubts a lot of stuff, right? Because of why? Yeah, this is, you know, that's interesting. Photoshop why, and whatnot. Why They're do like, people doubt so much? Why did this woman? These two. Well, they ladies, question it. They're like, I, well, why? Then, why would the, they say Paul McCartney never wrote with John? Like Lennon? this is because to to answer both these lines is like my I have much greater fear over. Uh, the doubting part than over the believing part like because uh my if your automatic reaction is to doubt everything everything then the chances you will act on important things is low and that is a mechanism that for the past bazillion years people that want to control say how you act use this and if you look at say how trump works and I brought this up before is like the reason why he treat, he tweets fucking bullshit all the time is because it keeps us arguing and nothing gets done. That's his functionality. He doesn't have to be a genius to do that. It's just his position. Like, when, if you doubt the system will yeah. work, you don't show up. You to the give polls, up on it or you, you don't, give up on yeah. it. Exactly. And so like, that is the actual one. Like, so deep fakes themselves are no, I agree. It's no different than the, the illusion of the fairies, but with the, um, the what we have come to regardless of technology is the way that we have a dialogue about information itself is to automatically think that everyone is trying to fuck us and to the point where we just go well it's not even worth it i'm not going to engage that's when you get fucked you know and uh and that's why i think you answered that I'm not going to engage. I'm not going You're to engage. You're in a society that doesn't engage. Right. And, the, and so like everything is people, I mean, I nothing. believe all sorts of stupid shit. I know I, know I do. Like that's just the na- nature of the beast. I, I'm sure I've had misconceptions about a billion different things and that's normal. I haven't had one misconception about Julian Schnabel. I've always not, said not that even, he no, would I be agree. a great director and then he became a great director. That's I would true. never talk anybody out at all. Never shop. spend an hour telling someone Somebody, not to go work for this guy. Don't go work for this guy. He's a douchebag. <laughs> not do that. Um, but yeah, that's like, Play so like, are you, the, do you officially apologize to that guy? I, whoever that is. It's like, a, put it out there. Email. 
Yes, I do apologize. Do you accept that apology, Kat? <laughs> On behalf of all the females. What about, what, about uh, what was the, the other story you were telling us the other day about the guy who was talking to Tennessee Williams about – My old professor at yeah. NYU. Yeah, he's talking Oliver about – Oliver Smith. And, that, oh. He was talking about, about streetcars like it's not very I good. I said it was very good. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that, I that thought one. I had a foot in the mouth, man. Wah, wah, wah. But yeah, so like I, I'm actually – the thing Talk that about I doubting your education. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Jeez. No, thing, he was, every, he was pretty spectacular was though. He transformed – he started American Ballet Theater um, and he also uh, – he literally did like um, all of Tennessee's stuff from the 40s and 50s. So he transformed American stage design, uh, theater stage design. And he was Paul Bowles' cousin. So he had like these great stories of Northern Africa with William S. Burroughs, the man in the shadows. What's this guy's name? Oliver Smith. Oliver Smith. You can look him up. Yeah, Oliver. And he smoked like three packs a day, man. And <laughs> But he was uh, quite a fascinating character, it, really a lost, but knew everybody. Yep. Knew yeah. everybody. Jackie, everybody, man. This guy had – and uh, the – what's it called again? Tennis um, – he was from Greenwich too. Uh, Truman Capote. Truman Capote. Wrote An Apartment in the Heights, a short story about him. Oh, interesting. Because he lived I in the basement Capote. of his place in Brooklyn uh, Heights. I have not read that, but I love Capote. I'm a big um, uh, in cold Greenwich, blood you know. fan, and I'm a big. Uh, you know, um, he was from Greenwich, Connecticut. I did not know that. Yeah, he went to Greenwich. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned Capote, that ten seconds ago. Capote. Um, <laughs> hey, douche! Good to have you back. Capote wrote. <laughs> yeah, I love coming here on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Capote Same wrote uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> Bre- Breakfast of, of Tiffany's, which I completely agree. Everyone should uh, read over watching that. Movie, which I'm not a fan of the movie. I love, you know what? My, is that my George Pappard. Pappard is awesome. Uh, Aubrey Hepburn is, I, is fantastic. My, my favorite, I, my favorite, like like thing about uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's is literally uh, the George, racist part. No, no, no. George Costanza. <laughs> George Costanza. <laughs> the incredibly racist part. Yes. George Costanza on uh, on uh, uh, Seinfeld when he's supposed to be in the book. Uh, club oh, and yeah, decides right. to read, read Breakfast at Tiffany's or watch the movie instead of it, which seeing, is a totally different experience totally different yes. experience and basically fucks up the entire book yeah. club because you watch it because oh, uh, George Pappard's character is a prostitute and, and he is gay, gay. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. and not the case in the movie because you can't really do that yeah. in that and yeah, yeah. Time. But that that uh, it's a very it's a novel novelette it's, it's a long short story but it's a fucking great one it's totally yeah. awesome and uh, in Cold Blood, which is also made into a great film uh, uh, with uh, what's his name, who I believe is a real killer. By the um, way, that link I sent you guys is wrong. I'll resend it, but that was the guy. Who is this? Oliver. Oliver. Uh, Watch the glass. The great thing that we should that that we listed, uh, I think, in the top ten of our Halloween list or Twitter, was Truman Capote wrote the um, screenplay to The Innocents. Which is a horror movie from nineteen sixty something with uh, uh, Deborah Carr, and he changed one thing from adapting *Turn of the Screw* into *The Innocence*, and it turns it into the perviest, craziest horror movie I've ever seen by changing the order of facts. And if you haven't uh, seen it, see it because it's being remade by Netflix right now as the sequel to *The Haunting of Hell House* series. That's my Truman Capote bit. There you go. Uh, I pressed play on it. I was going to go all the way through, and there we are. 
well, you got through it. Yeah, I got through it. I and feel good about it. you know, you were blessed because Eric didn't interrupt you during that process. That felt good. <laughs> this is good. It's a good run. It's a good run. By the way, run. as my last podcast, I just <laughs> want to say I love – you guys have been – it's been a great run. Thanks. No, last come time. on, guys. We've been doing this for a long time. We, we have. We're coming day. up on a year. We're coming up on a year. And right. this, this may be our – I don't know. It's gonna. This podcast is going to come out just around a year. Yep. So yeah, this uh, is close to the year year anniversary. Uh, and if it doesn't, it may it may end up like several, depending on the order of how we figure things out on the bank. This may end up uh, in January, but January first or around then is when we actually uh, did a year of this podcast. I'm very excited about that. We've had some excellent guests, yeah. including Cat, including Cat. Yes, yeah. Oh, by the way, congratulations on your babies. Oh, thank how you. old are they? They just turned one. Really? Oh my gosh! Twins. Yep. Wow. Wow. My sister is triplets. Oh goodness! Wow. Congratulations. That's wonderful. It's it's a it's a different life. How old's the first one? (laughs) (laughs) I we don't know which one's older than the other. They're the same age. Boy, girl, girl, girl. Uh, Identical boys. Wow. Nice, nice. Although Uh, I think they look totally different. That's wonderful. That's a mom thing. Yeah, you have the ability to identify them completely. (laughs) One year. They're yeah. Uh, the twenty October twenty sixth, so just over. When are you going to show them Alien? Um, they haven't seen it yet. Mm. Start them with Fast. They've already Binder. been in a yeah, TV show. Oh, nice! Yeah. They you. got a little bit part. You know, we put them to work. They yeah. gotta, they gotta. Yeah, earn well, you got identical you twins. They gotta that, earn their living. You know, so identical twin babies. That is an asset in the movie family. industry. Yeah, it's true. And coming to our podcast, thank you for doing that. I know Chris is difficult, but it is still a wonderful experience having here. <laughs> it's all love. It's all love. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm. I'm fascinated by the twin thing because it is one of the elements <laughs> that <laughs> freaks me out completely. No, oh, my husband was so excited because he was Candy like, Rose. I always wanted a twin. Dude. And now uh, he was more excited when we found out than I was. Uh-huh. I was going through like an emotional roller coaster like, oh, God, what what is happening? Like, I'm excited. I'm scared. I'm oh, sure. freaked out. I'm the whole nine yards. And he was just excited because he's like, I always wanted a twin when I was little. I mean, and now I'm having twins, and they can switch places. And, they have you know. weird powers. They have weird, freaky powers. They do. Yeah. They do. Like, they say, I get a little woo-woo about this, but I'm like, there's something, something going they on. They say, and they we've heard this. They can swap livers at lunch. <laughs> it's true. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we've heard this from friends that have, have twins, too, that they, um, they'll start speaking early, earlier than most kids, right. but, but to, each, a, other, to yeah. each other in a twin language. And they create their own language. Yeah, they create their own language, but then they'll start talking later than normal kids to... Other, other adults, right. you know, because they don't have to communicate with anybody else. They have each other. This other person understands yeah. me perfectly. Why do I yeah. have to talk to exactly. you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just need food from you. I'm like excited about that stage. Like <laughs> yeah. right now, they just kind of babble and are making noises right. and stuff. And I'm like, are, you, ta- are you talking to each other? They're yet? agreeing like, on words right now. Like, what yeah, if we called they're this? They're working this? it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're going through the steps. That's pretty amazing. But yeah, no, it's like I, I love that stuff where you like you follow twins, like twins that got separated or whatever it is, and they end up in. Did Harry's you see the documentary? So, I didn't see. I heard this was amazing. Oh, I heard this is freaky. It's crazy. That's so. It's like like your brain is built to look for certain things, and like you have separated people, both become firemen. You know, like it's, it's just insane. But I really, I really, I'm, I've, I've, I've known a few sets of twins over my life, and every, uh, if anyone was going to prove out to be an X Man, it would be one of them. <laughs> like they all have some freaky. So abilities between them. That's really, and the, and the twin language comes up all the time. Yeah. Like that's, that's amazing to me. Yeah. You know, like, and there was, I know there was some twins that wrote like a novel or something entirely in twin, in their language. Whoa. Yeah. It's really, 
really it's really amazing really it's fascinating because i kind of figured you'd lose that after a couple of years but I, maybe it, write it down i would yeah. say because i mean if people have learned to speak klingon they could probably <laughs> i'll start really... the dictionary now <laughs> i think it's a good idea call it's, it, it's called twingon yeah exactly <laughs> I, like that. I like that but yeah no they i think uh uh the my my favorite experience in uh raising kids uh which i came to late uh, is watching them react to movies and media and all this stuff and watching their sort of taste change as they're clearly, their brains are clearly looking for a certain kind of input mm-hmm. at a certain time. And uh, bring it back to, you know, my son looking, suddenly just wants to know about horror movies and wants to, to face right. whatever that fear is, you know? And, and, uh, and I think that, uh, like when you talk and bring it back around, when you look at movies like this with a mirror mask, like this, when I was watching it, I was thinking, this is the thing I didn't realize the connection to all the bitching I do about how the state of movies today is like, what I'm really you searching bitch. for is me is <laughs> what I'm really searching for is that same sense of being challenged, like being like hit in the face with something or whatever it is like, and mirror mask is for, we talked a lot about it. it's like, you know, weird, you know, sort of like, rough edged character to all of it. I super encourage people to see it because it feels both makeable and honest. But that's, I think subconsciously why I talked about Schnabel is Mm -hmm. because the same thing you can tell it wasn't this huge production. It was like, this is my vision. Go over here. Let's shoot this. And it was very organic. Yeah, it's it, feels, it, it has, a, has a quality Even to it. Even though it, it had real. big visual effects. Right. And you can say, oh, it wasn't perfect. It still was an organic vision. Right. Being, right. And that is the best type of filmmaking for me, not this crap we talked about last week and I went off on a tangent on. I don't remember did. the crap it was. What Good. was it last week? I don't know. Something. Some garbage. What was it? I, t- I, I don't know. It. What was I, I talking? It. I was bash. Uh, Anyway, I'll think of it. We were talking about the Chateau, I think, last No, but we were talking about um, something. Oblivion. (laughs) Oblivion, yes. Wait, what? Yeah, remember Uh, uh, Eric was against uh, Oblivion. Oh, 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 we were having having some directors who were CPAs prior, and it was like. um, Oh, we were talking about, like, like specifically, you had a problem with. With Kaczynski. Uh, Kaczynski versus Miller. Like you yes. Thought Mil- yes, I can. Right. Like right, more right. of an organic right. guy and it who's just – funny because those guys are good friends too. Well, yeah. I worked for both of them yeah. over a period of 12 years last uh, – like the point is – I'm not going down this fucking road anymore. The point is <laughs> – the point is this, is that there is a schnabel. There's an organic quality to this film. Where they made it on a limited budget. Who's the schnabel guy you keep talking about? Okay. Julian Schnabel. <laughs> Julian Schnabel? Look him up, IMDb. Julian I'm Schnabel. sorry. I'm sorry, Eric. I'm sorry. I'm giving you a hard time today. You haven't, douche. You haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, you dearly. Yes. Let's not push that thought. Um, but here's the thing. The point is there is that quality about it, which is great. Because the point you get, um, you get something across a lot easier than something that's been – preened and manicured so much yeah exactly which i find is the big problem with films today that it's it's by um committee but committee committee. yeah Yeah. everything and and that is wrong i think because um you know so much lately like it's like you know but that goes back to the oblivion thing it it even though it's his vision it, it it's by committee and for me it senses there's no um risk there's nothing in it that yeah. 
you know, there's something in it that's just too. Maybe it's too it's safe. money. It's money. It's money. It's money. Know, right? Right? Because, because if things. you're making a movie for four million, you got a lot more freedom. Yeah, but right? Right. and that's you right. go back to you. No, 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 no. What the Villeneuve? Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I say Villeneuve. I say Villeneuve. Keep saying Villeneuve. I know you. I'm right. You're wrong. So the point is Villeneuve. And that is beautiful filmmaking. Yes, yes, yes. yes. For a lot of money. But, 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 but it still has his thing to it. The, his Schnabel-esque thing where it's like, that's his thing. And the same guy that did The Killing of Sacred Deer, that guy is... Yorgos Lanthimos. I said it right this time. such yes. a yes. great I director. I think I said it right. Villeneuve. Correct me in the comments. Uh, uh, Tim Miller, when he did uh, uh, Deadpool... He specifically made sure the budget was low so that he would not be told Constrained. what to do. Yep. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's definitely a good idea. And yeah. I feel like that, that's the thing with this. That and when you do Tron as your first freaking film. You got to do what Disney says. You got to do a heist film. Yeah. You got to do a heist film. No, but to Joe's credit, he he had a vision. He, and, yeah. and, he kept his vision. He just didn't and, keep the, the quality of the But still film one of the best yeah, it's a 3D show. movies. Mm-hmm. I've seen and I've talked to people and they agree Tron. because Tron. Yeah. Because oh, he thought oh. about the movie in 3D from the beginning. It was critiqued. It was critiqued for the lack of its depth. Yeah, but the here's lack the, of? Is, that's yeah. all it was. But to, me, of its but to me, it's like saying because that's the best happy meal this Christmas yeah, we've yeah, seen like, in 10 yeah, years. Yeah, because this is here's, – here's, here's the thing. Here's the two complaints. I love I – love, 3D. He's, like, ki- I love he's 3D. kissing his ass. The, uh, I love, I, kiss his ass. Yeah, with, with Joe? I totally kiss Joe's <laughs> ass. He's awesome. I love, I love working I for him. Love I, think I, I love Joe, cool. too. He's I a wonderful Joe's guy. Wonderful I think Oblivion guy. is a very cool movie. I don't know why movie. you bad-mouth him. Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, uh, like, I think if that, he comes on this podcast, I'm going to tell him everything Oh, you said. You, no, Go ahead. Playing the best. Playing the best. He'll be like, who are you? I was like, yeah, I was the guy that worked on it. Joe's a very cool dude, and I like his movies. But I think Blackbird. Blackbird. Yeah. The... <laughs> the the, the two I love I love I love three D movies in general when they're when they're good movies and the three D is well well thought through and good like thought uh, through beforehand beforehand not, not, not like like for instance like with, with the, one of the best three D movies I've ever seen is Terminator Two which is a better movie in three D than it is in two D I was like I don't know what he I don't know he was in that landscape before he had the I, ability to do that I don't I don't. I know that you um, you no. hate 3D as a mechanism, I don't, and no, you think I, that I, it's not art. But no, like what no, I, was going to I say. basically said, I most of the time, I start in a movie and it's like, okay, it's in 3D, and then within like 15 minutes, I forget that it's. That's in 3D, what you should do, and therefore I watch it in 2D, and I go, it's the same exact. Then experience. it's not a good 3D movie. Then the three, then the 3D is not. But I've seen a lot of them, and they keep. Have you seen? Doing, Pe- have you seen Pena? There's a dance movie in, in 3D. It's amazing. And it can only be seen in 3D for real. Or like uh, – or the uh, – or what's his name? Godard's 3D uh, movie. OK. I will tell you this. Karen worked on some uh, effect shot that she had to do or mm-hmm. some, some work or cleanup or whatever it was she had to do. And she and I were having a conversation about 3D during the height of the 3D like uh, uh, hysteria, right? Right. And we were like, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. After a while, like the story is a story and the 3D-ness is not part of the experience and you don't even think about it. And therefore, it doesn't make any difference. She goes, except for when I worked on the 3D experience of Jackass 3. Which makes a difference. Because, <laughs> it's yes, actually a great example. Because if you're going to – the only thing that's going to make you know a, a, a shit volcano better is to have it in 3D. 
like the, where shit well, is uh, coming at you like at yeah. full blast. The, see, the, but that's like this is the thing. The two complaints you get about 3D are really revealing. Like people either say it's too flat or it's too deep. Like those are the two things. They're just like, oh, I put the glasses on. Oh, couldn't you even tell? Or they go like, it's just everything's up in your face all the time. And those are the gimmicky. only two things. It's too gimmicky. When the actual place you want to be with 3D is you forget that it's in 3D. It's affecting you still. And it's having it? Yes. Well, I mean, like, because what you're what you're arguing is essentially like, after a few minutes, I forgot French connections in color. Well, I hope so, because you're watching a movie. Like, it's part of the art. The fact that you're seeing vivid red blood in a car crash does affect you emotionally. So, okay. But it's not the fact that you're thinking that's a great use of color technology watched, to make me do it. I watched Up mm-hmm. in 3D, which is a shitty movie, <gasps> super shitty movie. You up, spoke up, against Pixar. F. f- F, one of the worst animated films I've ever seen. Terrible. Oh my God. Except the first 10 minutes, which is great. But that's clearly what they made first. That, that, that first 10 minutes. Hi. A welcome plus. back to Angry Dan. Oh, dude. <laughs> people say that I don't like, that I don't, that I like everything. I say I like everything. I do. You do. I love the first 10 minutes of Up, which is clearly a movie they made before they made the rest of that shit box that I had to sit through. That is a terrible film. Unwatchably bad film. And I've tried many times because I have kids and I have to try every time. <laughs> that movie is awful. So like if you – but if you want to bring up a good 3D movie, you can talk about How to Train Your Dragon, which is made for 3D and extremely well done. Hey, you know what? This is something I'm thinking about right now. It's like literally – Chris, you were going to say something and you're giving me a bad look. No, I want These, you to finish your thought because I've been interrupting you and I've been feeling bad. But don't I, worry I have about a, it. Honestly, it's like good. Little, it's little, I'm okay per, with it. Percolator. I'm okay with it. Honestly, <laughs> I'm cool. Everything's cool with me. Um, but the thing is I was thinking and I'm almost about to forget it, what I was about to say, but I'm going to circle around, is that what you want to get out of movies, because I was talking to a producer I'm working with on my show, mm-hmm. and it was like, he was like, oh, this is so depressing, those schnobble movies. And I was like, dude. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, really? You're going to watch these depressing movies? And I was like, it's yes. amazing what you can get out of something. So it's almost like I go or I look for these those threads to identify with or pull something out. And it, it depends what you want to get out of the film before uh, right. beforehand and it's really I want to make a super cut of how many times we've taught, said schnabel I know but the point is <laughs> I I go through I watch a film a couple you know in the morning when I work out I'll watch a movie so I wake up at 5.30 work out on speed bike mm-hmm. and I watch a movie and I just put stuff in and watch from my collection or something but I've been just hitting the schnabel a lot and I was like wow I mean I gotta tell you it's just there's a thread to it and then to hear somebody in a conference call, like, oh, it's so depressing. It's like, but there's a message there. And it's like, there's I guess challenge. we go to yes. movies with these things and it helps split, you know, because somebody probably goes to Up and says, I love that movie because it reminds me of this, this. And right. everything feeds to what they're doing psychologically. And I just, it's an interesting thing how you can be very visceral and saying, I hate Up. Right. Or I hate these kind of movies that are glossy and there's no realness to it because I always look for an arc of – I'm just asking. Is see, it so hard to have a decapitation in a cartoon? They didn't have one and up. No. Not gee, even one. Hey, here's a question for you, Dan, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Dan still. Um, is – do you like Uncle Grandpa? Uncle Grandpa. I love that. We, my daughter and I watch that. It's so funny. I've never seen Uncle Grandpa. It's a cartoon, and it's almost like Don Adams from Mad Magazine. Oh, you brought this up before. No, I have. Yes. Damn, yeah, it is I so know. funny. It's bizarre. 
Right. And it's almost like to the point where it's, oh, that's drug-influenced sure. cartoons. And I'm like, no, or it's just really strange humor. I'm all for either one. Check I mean, it out. Uncle Grandpa. When I was a kid, they had that show on uh, – what was it? Uh, uh, H.R. Puff, Puff and stuff. And stuff. Yeah. Oh. Right? Which, Those guys did some serious uh, drugs though. Now, I'm going to say perhaps from the title H.R. Puffin Stuff – you might think it's about drugs or HR smoking no. crack or HR shooting up. Like, no, but a- these, HR acid sheet. Yeah, they, or, but they also had they also had to confirm HR Freebaser, one of the exactly. funniest little kids so shows on Saturday night. Or their other show, The Lids. You remember yeah. this? Mary Jane to Pony. <laughs> Seriously, it was amazing. The Lids, L-I-D-D-S, the Lids, the, the, the Lids of Lidsville or whatever it was. I'm just like, that is – that's like call them the dime bags. Like that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like I, I think that like the – you know, to, to back off my criticism up and say like what they wanted to do was something sort of dreamy and exciting and weird. Like I see what they were trying to go for. The, the problem with that movie is the qualitative difference between the first 20 minutes and the rest of the movie is so sharp that I couldn't not be angry at the second part. The Are you second, still talking about up? No, just to, just to clarify where circle back. Out. Yeah, cir- circling back to it. Like the reason why I got I, sorry, I, I left the room for a little bit for the audience, so I'm no like I'm like what? Oh, no, the uh, because like the if you take the first part of that movie off that movie, then it's just like it's a fine movie. It's okay, but you put that unbelievably powerful, hard hitting story about like a love story between um, Ed Asner and his wife mm-hmm. at the header of that movie, and then you follow it up with basically Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too, like. That's a really hard shift for me to make that makes me mad that you didn't follow through with the level of emotion of the first part. Do you think this podcast is really about movies or is it just like therapy? It's therapy. Because I'm sometimes like <laughs> – Is there a difference? Why am I paying for a therapist? I mean I'm getting a lot out, man. I'm, I, I am really? the pipes. Isn't that the whole idea of, of movies? Like, this, I mean for yeah. me, going to the movies, like I, I, most- I like movies as – escapism maybe like mm-hmm. i want I, like I'm that I, way. I like the weird movies i like you know what, what are your favorite movies i like oh goodness that's hard to nail down but i like very i'm i'm a very visual person mm-hmm. i am the last person to call out bad acting or good acting or I'm bad writing mm-hmm. i can't I, so, every it's now the and then if, if it's really if it really if really, it's really bad yeah, I, it really gets you, you know yeah. i can tell you but for the most part it's it's the very visual stuff like i mm-hmm. love and I love movies that that challenge that. It's such a cool medium. The whole reason I mm-hmm. got into the industry was because it was such a cool visual me- medium. medium that you could play with and right. do yeah. stuff. And what's frustrating sometimes is that it does become kind of like I, the movies that do reflect real life that are more real mm-hmm. are, are not my thing so much. Yeah. I like I like the weird ones that go places. I like think you and I old, are on the same page. It's cool old, old stuff. Old movies too. like um like the very like French cinema du look stuff mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was like neon and do you like the dark Melville and, films? Jean Pierre Melville. Jean Pierre mm-hmm. Melville. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, now uh, with a visual strong visual component. Can, can, can I, yeah. Can one I, of my favorites can, is Amelie. Amelie's I love great. Amelie. I have so a good. huge poster. Can I can I relate a little bit about what you were saying and what you were saying in an interesting way because it also relates back to uh, 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 to Mirror Mask. Uh, 
you were talking about like how this podcast is like therapy because you're able to just get out a lot of this stuff. It's going more on. for Dan. Dan is <laughs> I got some anger. So he's got anger problems. Uh, and mask and a lot of what 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 Cat was talking about was specifically about dreams and 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 and, and experiences that way. I am there's a <laughs> I'm going through a new type of therapy situation with my therapist right now. It's you called- go to therapy? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's why really? it's so stable. Why it's all right. would you that's go to therapy? That's great. It's yeah. good for you. I think Everybody that's wrong. It's called therapy. EMDR therapy. I Have you heard? I think it's wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know about EMDR. Absolutely. Yeah. EMDR? And, yeah. yeah. And so I'm doing some EMDR stuff. Yeah. Is it working right? for you? Yeah. What's what EMDR? What is MDR? Uh, okay, so basically, I'm thinking Marina Del Rey. Medical uh, resource. <laughs> exactly. I He's forgot what it stands for. New therapy called Arnold I, Rendering. I, I forgot <laughs> what it's actually sailing. called. It's called sailing. <laughs> but here's the concept of it the concept is that you have something that's traumatic that you're dealing with, or there's something that you have a hard time, anxiety wise, understanding, whatever. And what you're doing is basically you're like slowly talking your way through it but every time you diagnose the different parts of it uh you go you go through a uh a simulated uh REM situation mm. right so you are let's say let's say you've had something like you know something traumatic happened to you or like you got fired from your job i'm trying to say something but like war, you know, where it's been used a lot mm-hmm. in is, for example, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress, right? right? So if you're, you know, a combat veteran, et cetera, you're dealing with that situation. And what you do is you kind of basically force the subject to actually think about it, something that they've been avoiding to do, right, and think about it. And while they are thinking about it, they are doing some bilateral uh, exercise with their brain. Literally stimulating left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, which is what your eyes do when you're dreaming, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you you stimulate your left hand, stimulate your right hand through buzzers or whatever. You hear, oh, it's very physical things. It's physical. Yeah. Yeah. And you f- hear t- tones in your ears and you use your eyes and you go left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Oh, and what happens while you're doing that is that your brain – Actually, there's some stuff that's – I don't know which parts of the brain, but I think it's a neural cortex, stuff that's stuck in there. And by doing that, what you're doing is your brain is processing that information. It gets unstuck in a way. That that's, is interesting. That's what happens in your dreams. The reason you have your dreams and you have these traumatic dreams like nightmares is to process that information. Yes. You saw something very traumatic in a movie. <laughs> Right, and it freaks you out. You don't know how to process it. Yes. You have the nightmare to process that information, and you freak out. But after you've had that nightmare, you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And so the same process happens in real life. You've had something EMDR, EMDR, and so dreaming. The yeah. idea of dreaming is basically the idea of processing traumatic experiences or stuff that's like processing I, experiences. But processing yeah. experiences, you're like, oh, you know, like I obviously have anxiety about traveling and dealing through airports or whatever the fuck is going on. So I keep dreaming about it to get through that problem, right? And it's, right. 
you know, that's what's going on is my brain is trying to purge. Right? Right. And I, I, my anxiety is just being at dinner with Gigi Hadid and we order a dinner <laughs> and we meal across and the, way, the wrong meal and comes. We right. ordered hello. salmon. And they're like, this is and, awkward. And she wanted, she wanted, she's a vegetarian. And she wanted the trout though. I thought yeah, she wanted a trout. And yeah. it's like, Exactly. And then you're like, I'm going to order it differently this time. The trout, the Gigi baby, fuck. don't worry. Yes. <laughs> God damn, you keep ordering trout no matter how many no matter times. How many times they order it, it's always trout. I always. Oh, what is fuck it? It was uh, oh, uh, Boonwell's uh, um, the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie. The bourgeoisie, yeah. Oh man, that's a fucking. Where good they're movie, always dude. going to the table, but they the never table. get. To they eat. never get to or, or eat anything. No, yeah, it's so. It's that, all about that movie like is hysterical. Yeah, it was hysterical. Yeah, surrealist. Like, <laughs> like wars yeah. breaking, whatever is happening, and they're yeah. just like, okay, we just get they're sit like, back down and we're nothing. We're gonna yeah, never. <laughs> yeah, At man. some point. Uh, I know we've, we we always mention like a thousand movies that we want to cover on the podcast, and mm. we 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 we'll get to them never. But uh, I would really love to talk about Masculine Femina. Oh, it's yeah, it's some good business. I uh, love it. Talk about French French films. We really should. Yeah, we haven't yeah. done any French stuff, have we? Not yet. My 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 teaser into French was The Chateau. Oh, uh, Le Chateau. Yeah, Le Chateau. basically an American film, but has <laughs> enough French in it to feel French. Well, it's Paul Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Yeah, he loves Je t'aime patate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so what does he keep saying in that thing? He keeps uh, on- yeah, uh, there's like one word he keeps on repeating in French that you're just like, no, stop it. <laughs> we recommend uh, uh, the Chateau uh, and the Chateau podcast if you have not heard it. it yeah, really available on Hulu. Yes, it's funny. Paul Rudd, twelve years old. Yeah. What a what a part of French cinema, or is there a part? A period oh my god! Or I, a, so or I went a, to I went to the French French school. Mm-hmm. So I've seen like like artsy French films and like the equivalent of, you know, Schwarzenegger French films. I've seen all of them. So uh, it, uh, French films is not necessarily the artsy part. That's the one that all the, you know, American film snobs want to think about when they see French films because there's some pretty stupid French films oh, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I but love them all. great ones. Yeah. Some great stupid French films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, uh, let's what, see. What's the last one I watched? I'm trying to think. It was, oh, it was just like a French rom-com something. It was like, it was about a, a woman who moved into this apartment and there was a grumpy guy that lived like next door and they end up falling in love through this wall. Oh, right. It's like oh, paper that's thin. Cute. Um, uh yes yeah it was like, not, oh. not not the one with the mirror where he installs the mirror between the two no there's like a there's a painting on the wall and okay. it, he like twists it and does all these scary noises but they end up like talking and she's like i'm not moving out she plays piano i don't know that's interesting good. there's another there's it was another... an excellent like kind of yeah, saturday cute, cute. rom-com yeah, right. like whatever there was a, there there was a french uh french another it. one uh with sophie marceau where she uh uh this guy falls in love with her and then rents the apartment next door to her. Yeah. Stalker. Yeah. It's yeah. very stalkerish. But some of the best rom-coms are super stalkery. Are. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty stalkery and, and, business. And, he ends up, and not only that, but he pretty much installs a two-way mirror between their two apartments. That, okay. That's okay. That's plain that's, stalkery. 
That's, <laughs> that's actually stronger. And what's then he installs weird, a video camera in the bathroom. What's weird is that so the movie plays it as sympathetic to him. Yeah, yeah. A French of them. What? Very, <laughs> French. very French. That's very French of you. And she, she, yeah, she ends up falling back in love with him. It's of just course. very French. And then, and then, then, then she installs the video camera in his place, and they just, and that's how they live no, their lives. Yeah, no, yeah. it's very strange. Think about it. But you know, at the same time, you know, American films had movies like Pretty in Pink, where it's like date rape is cool, <laughs> <laughs> or at least it's hilarious. Not Pretty in Pink. Uh, sorry, uh, sixteen, 16 candles. candles. I was going to say sixteen, 16 candles. candles. Yeah. yeah, sixteen candles, which is uh, loaded with all sorts of stuff that most people today would find horrific. <laughs> yeah, still quite funny. Very funny movie. Very so, if, yeah. tremendously offensive. No, you you just identify that and yeah, you just acknowledge it. This is this is the way that I do it. Anything that 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 offends me or strikes me funny, I just go, okay, well, that that's what that is. That and there it is, and now it goes by, and now we can get back to business. Anthony Michael Hall is worth in that period of his life anyway. Is so funny, it's worth sitting through a little bit of shamefully I, weird comedy it is it's weird and it's all like you know disturbing scene uh-huh. but but the scene of anthony michael hall uh mixing jake a martini oh it's great it's is great. one of the Classic. greatest scenes of, of 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 comedy ever yeah like i can watch that scene and like i am glued to tv i'm not even laughing right. because i am mesmerized yeah. by the brilliance of the acting yes and oh, the comedy Law is a champion at that time period fucking amazing yeah. I don't, I mean, he's actually quite good again now he is like still, now that he's still good yeah he is like well there was a there's a there's a fallow period for him where he was trying to still be a cute young guy but sort of muscled up and you're like this is not really landing it's but now that he's, kind of like a old, top. he's just an old man now yeah. and he shows up and I'm like there he is he's still weirdly huge I but like yeah. I like that I like that that those characters still emerge right yeah. or, or, or what's Doogie Howser what's the name yeah, yeah exactly uh, Neil, Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Neil Harris Neil Patrick Harris who, oh man yeah I love that dude I love it I love anytime I one of the greatest people in the world I love that guy great actor I mean one of the few not just a great actor a great person too. true a good, good guy true. you know uh, and, and and he's absolutely he's uh, have you guys you guys should look it up uh it's amazing his his uh I'm his openings to the Tony Oh, it's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just totally Holy incredible. shit. The guy's yeah. performing a half. Just, okay, so stick with me here for a second. All right. So one of Where'd the you go? Where'd you one go? of the few <laughs> one of the few openly gay, like, you know He's yeah. Tony openers. Absolutely. You know, like, he's right he's right up in the business. Yeah. Doing it. Plays one of the most hilarious straight characters yeah, exactly. in yeah, How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. He's right. And how many actors who are Can gay can play straight yeah. that well yeah. that overly yeah this is like this, oh. this is, like terribly yeah, masculine even, like, have you seen yeah. have you seen have you seen him even funnier than that him playing himself in uh Harry and Kumar uh, yeah oh yeah three, oh, yeah. Awesome. yeah he's yeah. number 3 yeah. where he's like yeah that's right i'm gay yeah i'm gay <laughs> but he's like doing this just it's to get hysterical. more girls yeah, yeah. So like good. like that is even funnier yeah, that dude's amazing it's plus it's kind of like uh keanu playing in uh oh that the the the, the new one um oh, what's it called it was really funny oh it's so uh John Wick. always be my oh, always, always be, be my maybe, maybe. always be my maybe yeah yeah always yeah. be my maybe on netflix I'm very like, very charming very funny playing when he plays, himself but a caricature as a parody, as a parody yeah. of himself yes 
But yeah, Do- Doogie Howser was important to me growing up. Yeah. Um, Starship Troopers, very oh. important, tremendous work. Amazing transition uh, right and, there. And possibly my favorite deserved murder in Gone Girl. <laughs> Like I was like, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I love you. <laughs> Another great, like, oh yeah, you're yeah. evil. Oh fuck, I love, Damn. I love. I didn't actually. I I only kind of like Gone Girl when I first saw it. Now I've seen it like twelve times. I think that movie is <laughs> a riot, an absolute fucking riot. And he is, he was the thing that that clicked it over for me. Like he is so, he's so, he plays it so, um, like quietly, but it's a comic performance. And it's that he's the one that carries the movie into the basically comedy second half without mm-hmm. telling anybody. And when you, and of course, when he buys it, it's like fucking crazy. You know, <laughs> it's insane. I actually, I, I'm sorry, but I love when he went in the first Harry Kumar go to yeah. White Castle and he's in there. Uh, <laughs> that one cracked me up. Obviously, he's playing a parody of himself and we're all laughing at it. But then in the end credits, it was really funny funny is that you know he's playing his this asshole guy and they're doing some crazy shot because of the movie and they, they you hear cut and you see see him as the actual actor is like uh hold on all the coke just blew off her ass do we need to reset do we need to reset that <laughs> Do we need to and just that? him saying that it's line out loud okay. is like, I'm sorry, all the coke just blew off her ass. Do we need to reset? <laughs> and it was like a completely legitimate question. But you think about just the words coming out of his mouth. Yeah, it's it's just like, <laughs> that guy. And let's yeah. also throw in there uh, Dr. Horrible's long blog. Which oh. Is, oh yeah, like fucking, it should be yes. its own musical right now. I can't believe that that is not a musical on Broadway. Dude, I recently watched. Sorry, uh, tell people again. Starship name. Troopers. Mm. Tell, tell what was that, Doctor Doctor Horrible's sing along blog, which yes. is hysterical. Yes, absolutely hysterical. hysterical. Yes, please continue. No, I just was saying. Uh, I recently, fairly recently, watched uh, Starship Troopers again. Oh god, the movie for I, it's. I don't it. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like the how that. How that happened at that time and why some of those people didn't become more famous than they were. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, I think it was, wasn't it one of Denise Richards' like first movies or something? It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely along no, those can, lines. It couldn't be her Ca- first Casper Van Dien's first movie, I yeah. think. It's like all these, like... And, and then you just had random, like, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris show up, who was, like, right. probably the most famous name in the right. movie at the time. And you get a couple of, like, you get, uh, what's his name? Oh, God, what's his name? Diana uh, Sunday? Oh, the guy from Highlander <laughs> plays the Kurgan in Highlander, yeah. and oh, he's also uh-huh. in um, Ballad of Buster Scruggs and stuff. Like he always shows up. He's always yeah, great. Yeah. Clancy Brown. He's yeah. always great. And you get like uh, uh, what's his name from Scanners shows up and all that kind of jazz. But like that movie, what blows my mind about that movie is that uh, I uh, people are now like, like, did you know? Do you realize that that's a uh, that like that's a comedy? And I was like, yes. Did was, you not realize that was a comedy? It was such a. B-movie. Yeah, like people took it seriously when it came but, out. But yeah, yeah. I was just like, this is a really, this is like a political joke movie. That's the whole idea. Well, That people took it like as a rah-rah, like actual right-wing movie. When the Like dude- for example, sometimes, it, okay, I agree that I saw it was a comedy the first time yeah. I saw it, right? right? I mean, Doogie Hauser comes out in a fucking Nazi costume in the end. Like, like yeah. it's like, you know, that's the guy you've been rooting for. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah. I may have made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Weird, right? Yeah. 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 It's Trump's America, well, the movie. Once again, 
awesome visuals. Like, oh, yeah. oh wait a minute, monsters. incredible looking. Wait incredible a looking. minute. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, the, what's awesome is that movie continues to tell you that it's making fun of propaganda movies the whole time. At, from the beginning. From the outset. From the and beginning. And people it's still like, be, took it seriously. Yeah. It's like, you know. Blows my mind. Enjoy so, citizenship. Yeah. Fight for your country. When the blah, kids blah, blah, are blah, stomping blah. on the bugs and they look like fucking maniacs, like they just did a rail of coke. And then they're like, okay, kids, stomp on bugs. <laughs> like, that's absolutely insane. Yeah, that guy, right. like, like, uh, what's his name? But we should do a whole Verhoeven. Verhoeven, yeah. man, what a fucking artist he is. He's just incredible. Incredible. What yeah. else did he do? He did, Spatters. uh, uh, Spatters. He did, uh, Total Recall. He oh, did, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Robocop, another great social commentary movie. It's oh, sure, dressed yeah. up as a ridiculous action Spatters movie. Spatters is like a gritty fucking movie. Oh, it's great. I mean, and, and, and anything Rucker he does, Hauer is in it. anything he does in, anything he does in Amsterdam, anything he does in his home country is all very, like, serious like straight faced work. Uh, and it's all incredibly good. It's all really, really, really good. That's um, the first time I've seen, uh, male anal sex on, in a, a, right, a film. Right. Yeah. No I mean, joke. Like, yeah. Like, literally, like, it was like, what? It was un, it was, yeah, like, he, like, he, he's, he is, he, like, he's like, he wants to confront people with things that they are, uh, afraid of, you know, and, uh, to show, like, to show things that, that you shouldn't be afraid of. And so you can come to like open your mind yeah. and to show things in yourself that you should be afraid of, you know, which is Starship Troopers, you know, and, uh, and that he makes movies like, uh, Black Book, which is amazing, uh, yeah. or, you know, the guy, the guy is he a also phenomenal did artist. He did, and he actually says that that is. Wait, he his, did Showgirls? Yeah, yeah, he did. And he, like, I, I haven't been able to, to understand this yet, but like he, he, he thinks that that is his best movie. He's like, this is my greatest commentary on America that I could have made, that and I'm just like, like a lot of people so. really like showgirls. Yeah, like, and the thing is that I would say that like he's just saying that, except that he does rightly say that he made his Kevin Bacon Invisible Man money for movie for Hollow money. Man. Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Oh, he, he made Hollow Man too. And he was just like, uh, yeah, that's a piece of shit. I just did that for the money. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, that's quite obvious. It's a bad movie. Yeah. Um, but the uh, but showgirls, he stands, he stands by. He says that there's a there's a real meaning to Showgirls. I've only seen it once, and it, the meaning did not land for me. But uh, I trust him. He did RoboCop and everything else. Yeah. So that's all right. But we are. Uh, you don't like Up, and I think it's one of the best Pixar movies ever made. So. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it in your eyes. This is like when I, uh, I – we have a He book. had to get it out. Did I, you like In-N-Out? Or whatever it's called. Inside Out. Inside, Inside Out. Inside Out. Inside I did. <laughs> yeah, I cried. Yeah, it was great. And, uh, there's the Kevin Klein movie, which is also very good. Yeah. Um. The uh. But yeah. No, I saw it in your eyes when I said that. You're like, you're like there's a, like the shock in your eyes that I would say that out loud is beyond a, beyond the pale. Well, there was there and, was there was sh- there was shock and uh, joy. Honestly speaking, because I love the fact that we disagree on movies. Because otherwise, I'm this so would be a fucking angry at a movie. I know. Yeah, it's, it's so boring if we all agree on movies. Dude, it's like, a, like a and the pre- fact you didn't like Up is that like it's Up out of all the movies that I could fucking like that I could just shit on. Like I'm just like you know what I hate Up, and it makes me mad. You know, Chris, is there a movie that you absolutely hate? It has to be a movie that everyone else loves, though. I think that's the dynamic. Everyone loves up. And just I just coming up with a movie you hate is yeah. kind of hard to me. Uh, it's hard to say. Well, we fought on movies before. I mean, like 
Dan and I on a shouting match about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, on yeah, that's the right. Podcast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that was, that was, that was. I haven't seen it yet. That was good. Yeah, that was, that was a fight. That, yeah, that, that was good. I like that one. That was good. And a lot of people, you know, like, you know, like, oh my God. It's like, I actually, I love creative fights. So I'm like, I don't mind. Yeah, I'm raring for it. I don't though. mind that's screaming really. about shit. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. can we can talk about up on this podcast. We'll be oh, I'll, I'll uh, give up another shot. I promise. Uh, uh, up versus Titanic. We'll call it the up or down episode. Yeah. Oh man, that's <laughs> true. That's true. And I know that people because people will be listening to that and go like, oh, "How could he say that about up?" I know it's it, it and it's un, it's unusual. No, it's, it's an unusual it's point. Complete. Actually, part of me was like, I can't believe, it. and then like I, that. Part of me kind of loves the fact that you don't like up. I, well, in the, I I saw this. I, uh, I there's a there's a book club that we have at work, and I said okay. uh, I I, <laughs> I embraced this. The uh, the uh, I we were talking about the book we were reading was a, a sort of a YA fantasy thing, and so Harry Potter came up, and then I said how I felt about the uh, first two Harry Potter movies, uh-huh. which, which are. I, thought were unwatchable trash and i said that out loud and the person who i said it to blanched like was like i that is illegal to have been said <laughs> i'm going to call the harry potter police it's over because <laughs> i was like oh no chris columbus fucked them up they're bad movies they they're are terrible bad. they're very yeah. bad movies and i chris agree columbus with you on this one alfonso Cuarón. what's the second the one? one that's the third one that's, that's the best good. one that's great it's the best one with that bus it's yes, the bus. Yeah, and, and the willow and time tree travel and, and all the time travel. Totally that's good filmmaking, film. dude. That's a that's a that's you a good movie. Mama, time yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's just incredible. Roma, etc. Like, but like Roma, that that movie is a great example because that movie is good. Whether or not that's, oh, no, that's not a movie. That's like whether you've read Harry Potter or yeah. have seen the first two movies and you have no idea. Like whether you are coming into that movie cold, it's still a good movie. Like I had no you know, like watch that and you just go I don't know who Harry Potter is you watch the third one you're like I love Harry Potter mm-hmm. like that's a great film and then it's followed up by more trash films as more far as crap I'm yeah just like just, trash. Like, just say crap like these are just well they're medium films I, I would call the rest of them low medium voltage films, films. I, I saw the next one after that and it was I wouldn't say it was badly made but I I will say I did not understand anything that happened at all. So I think it was uh, it was unsuccessful. Other than that, it well, was great. They yeah. weren't. It's what what uh, uh, what was the, the word that I was using today? It was like Shit? Uh, uh, no, uh, 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 mood stabilizing. Oh god! Right? Like, like Xanax. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we're not going to try to upset you or disturb you too much. We're just going to be like, bah. yeah. Nothing right? upsets me more. Yeah. Than that. And that's what I feel like. A lot of kids' programs are like mood yes. stabilizers, right? They're yeah. like. They're like, mm, not, we're not going to like disturb you or scare you or do just anything. Gonna be slightly we're just going to be like less, slightly easy. funny. So like nothing's going to like – it's just going to be bland. Yeah. And therefore like that's great TV. It's like no, it's not. No, it's terrible. Bad, <laughs> it's bad for you to consume that. Yeah. Like, that's you the, need to, need to you scare need, the kids. That's yeah. So yeah, dude. This, this is what we keep on coming back to. It's like, you, <laughs> like if, you're going to, if you're going to be watching something, it should wake you up, not put you to sleep. Like yep. don't waste your time with anything else. And that being said, I – I've also watched most of Friends on Netflix. So what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm, I'm a hypocrite and I hate it up. So good night. <laughs> That's it. Speaking of which, we're rounding the corner now. That's it. Three hours? Yeah, we're almost three hours. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Nicely done. How are you guys feeling? Good. I don't good. think we've heard enough from Kat. 
Oh. <laughs> That's my feeling. I know. What do you want Are you having a good time? I'm having a great time. Is this is Dan... awesome. Okay. I'm overbearing. Oh, but no, no, no you can no. say it. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, lively debate. I you like have it. not mansplained things. I can. I still, there's still time. Yeah. That's what I'm just saying. Yeah. Give me no, a minute. You, you've been very good, actually. Dan. I'm trying to restrain. I go, it all, that's why the, the up thing exploded. I just was holding it all in. <laughs> still you, lost it. You've been, you've been it. actually pretty good, even killed. Uh, Eric is uh, very distracted and, and has done his stunk, but he's brought up some awesome points, and I love whoa, his story. Distracted like what? Well, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> Say the name. Schnobble. Say it. Yeah, whatever Schnobble. it is. But it's like, you know, you do, you do your thing and you get onto your story and you get it out. I've actually been doing the same thing where suddenly I'm like, oh my God, I have to get something out of my system. Like, that's what but I But it's feel not like. like you get it out of your system. I just, I think of things and I was like, I think they're related. Would you think? Uh, I just want. I kept on. I kept on feeling this. I do have ADD. Though. If if you were going to, what kind of dog would you name Schnabel? It sounds like a good dog's name. <laughs> well, we have a. Uh, you've met one of our dogs, Chashu. Schnauzer. Chashu. See, that's a good. Yeah, Schnabel the Schnauzer. Four pound Chihuahua, Chashu. Yeah. Mr. Chashu. That's an adorable dog. That's a and beautiful so dog. great, so smart. So so, so Chashu. Is. Chashu was a puppy. A puppy on a stealth. And used to come to Digital Domain, oh. and I, oh. I and I. There was a picture of me holding Shashu Mr. as a little Chashu. puppy, this big, this big, and I we held him in a martini glass. Oh, that's pretty great. And if we have a photograph Mart- of that, we should use it as the logo for martini. You, Mr. Chashu, you can't go wrong with that guy. And Lucy Fur, our other dog. Lucy, Lucy Fur, that's good. That's only one. But we have one. Cat named Mago. You can't beat Chihuahuas. They are the greatest of all dog breeds. I, you know, I'm going to have to argue with you on that one. What do you, what do you like for dog breeds? Uh, Irish Wolfhounds. Ooh, <laughs> they're beautiful. They're good huge. one. They're good one. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just gonna going ca- for the opposite. Of, I'm going to uh, counter with a corgi. Corgis Corgi. are great. Corgis, Corgis are great. Okay, okay, so we had dachshunds. So dachshunds. Oh. oh yeah, we had uh, Okay, so we needed. This is radio, so we do have to describe what we're saying. So Very this is a this is Corgi. A, this is uh, my uh, cardigan Welsh Corgi. Her name is Lilu. She's black and white and brindle. Black and white. That That's what I was going to say. Not not the not the tan or red. Multi-tons? No, she's she's got a um she's got a tail. So that's she does have a tail. So she's the most cardigan. corgis get them cut off. Those are the Pembrokes. The Pembrokes, right? So and it is a it is a uh, quite breed standard that is that is luckily slowly dying. Right, uh, cutting off an appendage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Agreed, Mr. Chashu. Oh, that is a very cute dog. We have a cute. very adorable dog peeking out oh. from what is that a coat or a rug? Yes, not sure, a blanket of some kind. I've, I've He's a good oh, and that's a good He's looking a good corgi. One. Chashu is how old? How what old I love is about corgis? Chashu is, is sixteen look next like week. A dog put on top of a smaller dog. Shashu is 16. <laughs> 16. <laughs> Next week. And this wow. is Lucy Fur. That's uh, a cute little dog. But Shashu, uh, yeah, holy shit, Eric. It's 16. a good diet. He speaks two languages, and he's a decorated LAPD a police officer. Rory dog. McLeish. Yeah, nice. Hostage negotiation. Rory McLeish, you may, uh, he may be a listener on this podcast. He's Hello, a friend Rory. of mine, and, and Rory used to be with us over at DD, and I can't believe it's 16 freaking years since Shashu was hanging out with us at the office. That's man, Rory man. listens to guitar? Yeah, I remember Rory. Yeah, he's a luthier. He's a really fantastic guy. We used to talk about guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rory's a super nice guy. Rory. Yeah, right on. He used to come up to me and say, Hey, Rory. Chris, can you come (laughs) over to my table? The speakers all fucked up. 
That's pretty good. <laughs> I would get, I'd venture to say that you were a little too clear yeah. in that imitation, and it should be a little <laughs> bit har- harder and louder. He was definitely harder. Yeah. He would go like, Gritsy, when we even a scotch after dinner. <laughs> like that. It took it took a little bit from the translator to app in my brain. Where does he know? Where does itself. he work? He's a, he's very, very in the UK guy. somewhere. Yep, he is a he is a powerful personality. A powerful personality, yeah, absolutely, and very, a very character. Powerful. Yeah, a real yep. character. But uh, yeah, he like he is the first time I met him. It was sort of like you know, um, Brad Pitt <laughs> in. Um, What's the movie where Brad Pitt oh, plays the funny. boxer? It's Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice. The boxer. Brad Pitt's the – what's that's the good. movie where Brad Pitt is the Irish boxer? I know Roy's oh, Irish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, two Lock and Stones. Lock, Stock and Two Smoking, smoking Barrels. barrels. Thank like, you. This, like, that was the no, level no, no, of no, – no, no, no. Barrels no, no, no. and Smoking and Lock. No, 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 no. Snatch. 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 I was going to say Lock, Stock was the movie before. When, right. I, when I first met Roy – My Laurie, daughter is Lydia Dietz. Whom I know is not Irish. For Halloween. But I had the same level of cognition of what he's saying. As Brad, as I did with Brad. No, Pitt. I, and and I I've known I've known Rory for a while, but it literally did take me about it a year. It takes a minute, like you it's a year. Beautiful, it's a beautiful sound. Well, the makes. thing that's also interesting <laughs> about Rory yes. is that I got to like Rory would email me, and his uh, English is perfect. Absolutely, but, I'm not so there's nothing. He speaks fine. He, he, he speaks very he clearly. Speaks the accent is extraordinary, extraordinarily and, strong. And, you uh, know, on the DVD, yeah. you could turn on just Brad Pitt's. Uh, oh, really? Subtitles. Oh, I wonder if I can do that with Rory. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I, I thought that was a, I thought that was just an he's awesome addition when when the DVD so came out. Amazing. He's an amazing so musician. He's a great guy. And you know what? I, I, some I felt I felt bad about it because I felt that he because Rory was very very quiet yes. when he would talk, and I felt he was self conscious about the fact that people couldn't understand him. In the United oh, States. he should he should not be self. I hope I'm not I, coming no, across like that. No, he's, I know. It's awesome. He's like, well, totally he, awesome he sounding. He probably awesome lives in an area now in yeah. the UK where everyone that is understands just the, him. That's just the but I felt like he <laughs> I'm the was clown, he was uh, like, self conscious about the fact that people understand. And then <laughs> as I got to know Rory, and as I got to be able to understand his accent, because mm-hmm. it is it is a very thick accent. And that's for all Americans, I need to say. Yes. And for Americans, it's tough for dimwits like me to break to that understand stuff it, it was yeah. hard. But um, so it was, it was. But as I got to then, then he sort of just like talked to me a lot yeah, more because he realized it. like I wasn't asking like what did you say, what did you say, you know? Because the first one he's like, he's like, oh, I'm going to Subway when we get you a sandwich. So I was like, yeah, getting you tina. I was like, what? And I was like, tina. And I was like, tuna sandwich. Got it. Got it. Tuna. I know. I used to talk to him, but I don't recall. I knew it was bad. I knew what you're saying, but I, I have a terrible brain for this stuff, so I, I'm I'm the wrong test case for this. We but used to talk about to Jeff Beck align. a lot, the governor, and that was cool because we always talk about guitarists. But he was you talked about music and rock and roll with what? him. He's really? a huge Jeff Beck <laughs> fan too. Don't you talk about music and rock well, he, and roll? With? Actually, I think he did the action on my guitar. <laughs> Julian <song>. Schnabel. <laughs> <laughs> See now that that was pretty good. Come on, that, that was, was good. It that was, was douche level, but yeah, it was good. I mean, it's obviously douchey, but I'm just saying it was well timed. Hey, why not? <laughs> Just saying. Come now. If you're Come good now. at it, why stop? Yeah, and aces. I feel hey, aces today. Hey, aces, baby. Yeah, that's right. Um, Up sucked. This has been a wonderful last podcast. But, uh, <laughs> mm. You say that every podcast. Yeah, yeah, one of these days. One, one of these, of these days. days. One of these days it will be the last podcast. It's like, yeah. so coming up to one year. Let's make it to one year, though. We're gonna do it. We're gonna cross. Oh, that we're line. gonna totally be one year. We'll what should we do two. for our? What should we do for our official one year podcast subject? For- Podcast anniversary. Yeah, podcast anniversary. Like, I don't know. Did what, you coin that? It's great. Well, I, I it's actually now. think we should GM. do Titanic. 
Oh, we do a live tweet. Uh, we have a live stream Titanic. Like, we can't play Titanic as any part of the movie over the web, but we should live stream your reactions to it. That would be pretty great. I say Ooh. we do it. Reaction video? Titanic. Chris has never seen Titanic. Wait, Chris has never seen this Titanic? This is what I'm saying. So My heart will amazing. go on, Chris. Because you're going to have to deal with the fact that you're hating it and I'm crying. I think when you create your <laughs> Twitch channel... That's when you do the reaction. I can all make it all work. (laughs) I know that uh, David Strapenis is going to be on here. We're going to talk about uh, uh, John John Wick. Wick. Ooh. Now, which you just watched all three of them. I just watched all three, and I did. I just saw the second one on a plane two nights, three nights ago. So So I'm fairly new to the John Wick franchise. I was was shocked by how much I liked them. Oh, they're fucking great. They're great movies. I love them. So I think the second one came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't. I didn't and know. I, yeah. I, I had dismissed it from the beginning. I never even, you know, thought about it. Didn't even realize. My husband's like, "No, it's actually pretty good. We should, we should watch it." And so we it's watched. World building. That's we so watched cool. the first one, mm-hmm. and then we watched the second one. And I was like, "Yeah, that's. It's, I enjoyed that. That was a cool. lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, it's like. And now we've watched the third one, and uh, it's like, yeah, dude. I would have never. Now, Never thought. I, I have great. a preview of what uh, Strapinus thinks about those movies. I won't spoil that. He'll come on and say it. But like, what did you do? You think they increase or decrease in quality? I know, uh, like they're all likable, but do you uh, think they go up I or down? I think you've answered it already, Chris. What? I think you're eventually going to paint yourself if it's world building. There's you're going to run out of legitimate worlds. I'm, I don't know. We'll have to talk about it on the podcast. Looking I'm not going to get into it too much. Right. I, I, I just saw the second one. And I do like them. It's not my type of movie, but I still like them. But you, I definitely, if there's watching the second one, I was like, where do you go from here? There's John Wick 3. <laughs> I got to check it out. But yeah. if it takes John place Wick in 3. space. In, in it like almost a, takes place in space. There, like, with a ship looking like Throb. a hairdryer. Yeah. Then I got Alex Nice designs. Alex Nice is wonderful. It's visually beautiful. Oh, dude. I'm, oh, my God. Cinematography I'll spoil is, my reaction. I like three the best. Ooh, well, the second best and one one the least best. So interesting, that interesting. Me. I really love them. All right, so I I told uh, uh, Lon who did our transporter episode, mm-hmm. right? And I know that like, oh well, this is like this this these movies have Lon written all over them, right? Because right. he's like loves all like stupid action movies, right? right? And so I say, like, I was like, oh, I gotta watch all of John Wick, and he goes, yeah, the first one's the best. It's like the other two are just like shit. Yeah, yeah, and, it's, wow. and it's funny because I watch it. I'm like, oh, it's kind of escalating to me. It, de- it really it, de- <laughs> it depends on what you're there for. Like, right. and I think that the because I I think that if people I think it's totally valid. Like, the, because the first one's a certain kind of movie, and then the, the second one's a very different. No, no, it's a certain kind of movie. Certain kind of movie with a, a hint. Yeah, of things to come. Of right. things to come. And then the second one is 100% all of all, that. All of that. <laughs> exactly. Right. And the third one is times to that. For right. me, yeah. the best part of the movies are uh, uh, Winston. Um, Winston. No, Winston, uh, the guy that plays Teddy Best from Sexy Beast. Yeah. Yeah. I believe the character's name is Winston. Winston? Yeah, but his yeah. real name is. Um, yeah, from Deadwood. Yeah. Swear engine. I, I was going to say. Winston. Yeah. Let's not get too much in. Spoiler. But the point yes. is, we gonna do a whole American Gods. About this next? American yes. Gods. Yeah. Also, Neil another. Gaiman, just to bring it full circle. Can't think of his name, but he's also we in. We'll um, be doing a podcast yes. about this but, soon, so we've got to shelve it. Yes. Winston. Shelve it. I think his last name's Winston. Yes. Shelve it. But it's good stuff. It's good stuff. That's just a little preview, but we want to get Kat's reaction to that. That's that's good. These are good. 
Okay, good. I'm glad we got What that. else can you recommend to us? Oh, goodness. What have uh, you seen? What would you like to leave? Well, I've I've been a little sheltered in the past year because, because of, of because of the twins. So Just I'm a, I'm still looking forward to watching a bunch of movies. So, <laughs> so you're like, I, I, I need the recommendations. I still have visions of uh, or, or, or laughing at my wife with our our child, and she's you know up in the middle of the night, you know, breastfeeding and watching uh, Goodfellas. Oh, nice! I love yes. that. <laughs> Just oh, because, okay. like you know, it's like uh, I just need this to just. I mean, me, I've been through get some me back into the adult world. Some crazy TV shows. Um, mm-hmm. I watched this this amazing TV show called. Um, oh, what was it called? It's a Korean. It's a Korean TV show. And Is it the zombie one? No, no, okay. no. Um, oh, you're thinking about the train to Busan? No, I'm thinking about the kingdom. But yes, ah. is that good? A different the kingdom that the, we were previously the, talking the, yeah. about. Yes, is that um, good? This uh, one yes. was called. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was um, the way TV shows work in in Korea is they do like twenty four episodes or whatever yeah. it is, and then that's it. Oh, but they'll be like, like the, they'll be like an hour or two long yeah, each. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that, it's like that's, epic, this yeah, epic thing, and then they're madness. like, we're done. Dude. And that's this like one, the uh, Brazilian soap operas are the same way. They do basically uh, nine months, and then they're done. And yeah. this is, which is good, which is a good thing to do. Yeah. So this show is in it's in Korean, mm-hmm. Japanese, and English. Mm-hmm. The main character, uh, born in Korea, runs off to America, becomes an American mm-hmm. soldier, goes back to Korea. But it, you know, at the time, Japan is also trying to, in, you know take over oh, right, Korea right. and stuff. But it's also a love story. Yeah, brilliant. And so it's got it's visually like amazing. It's just incredible. But yeah, it's also right. got some some really cheesy kind of, you know, lines to it, like love story ish, but it's also, you know, like the main girl character is like an assassin. Right. Um so she's really interesting, but she's also this proper like it's Korean almost, you know, What's like it called? Uh, I gotta. I'll have to look it up. It's. Um, I'm. I'm a fan Netflix? of Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, and then like, three uh, percent is the other one that I got really into, which is. I a, don't know anything about that. I want to say it's a. Uh, it's Spanish, but I want to say it's South American, um, Brazilian. I mm-hmm. think. Um, That's Portuguese. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Corrected. I stand corrected. Yes. Um, but it's about a you know. Uh, society's gone to shit yeah. you know like and basically or the world has they they don't really explore it, but you have this very large poor city mm-hmm. and they run a lottery when you turn 18 or 21 um that you run through all these tests mm-hmm. and then the top two or three people get to go to this island which right. is this utopia oh that's cool right but right. in the but you know the city like everybody's poor like, like hunger games stuff is okay. shit or yeah. run. but of course <laughs> you have, run. yeah of course you have these kids that are trying to overturn the system right, right they're right, like right. this is broken or you know there's spies there's you know like who's the spy right and, in the system, you know, in and these actually tests. the island is people they're being mulched. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and then <laughs> and then you get I won't spoil anything, but mm-hmm. then you get to the island and you're like, and they're like, okay, well, we want to escape and save right. you know our families back home or whatever, and um, they're on I think it's on the third or fourth season and stuff. But it's this is the amazing thing about Netflix is like there'll be things that have been going on seemingly for like twenty years that I've never ever heard of. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, they're like oh, the fourth season of so and so. 
Yeah. It's totally over, like oversaturated times, right? But it is great to discover these things. The other thing that's amazing about Netflix, if you think about it, is that they are providing television shows that are seen around the world, but everyone has access to them. Yeah, right? totally yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's so, what I love. So suddenly, like, there is a show in Poland that you may never have known about right. that's actually suddenly got international notoriety. Right. And it's never it would never would never have gotten here, yeah. but because it's on Netflix, everyone has. Yeah, it. absolutely. I mean, like I mean, there's yeah, like, there's tons of uh, uh, Korean like I mean, Mr. Sunshine, Mr. Sunshine. Okay. That's what yeah, like, but but for instance, like movies like Train to Busan, like would never have hit the big like they're going to remake that Hollywood style now because of it being a giant giant Are hit. They? On, yeah, on Netflix. Why would they remake that? Because they have nothing Netflix. else to do. Oh. <laughs> I know, I know we're well over three hours, but I want to bring this up quickly. What do you guys think about the article, Department of Justice overturning oh, yeah. that yeah, law? Who sent that to us? I think that's uh, – That's a big news. Yeah, which, I think it's very interesting. Which law? Sorry. So I, there was a law. It was Paramount – United States versus Paramount. Uh, basically, it was a uh, – In the 40s, right? In the 40s, uh, basically, uh, the studios used to own the theaters that they would show their movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were right? a monopoly. And they were a monopoly, right? So yeah, if they want to, you know, uh, Warner Brothers would show Warner Brothers films, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yep. And so they basically said you can't do that, which basically made all the theaters independent of the studios. Well, they're going to overturn that, and that is because they're saying, well, this is a law that no longer applies today, which basically means that Netflix could basically buy a whole bunch of theaters and Amazon. And Amazon. Then, I believe and, basically and then show their films and then get Academy right. recognition. That's part, of, that's part of that plan. Sure. That's Thank plan. you, lobbyists. Well, the thing is that like, I think that's because I believe that because Netflix was – And Netflix was rumored to be thinking about buying the Lemley movie yeah. theaters. Uh, so they're in anticipation of that. Um, so I think that, that is definitely mm. what they're up to. I have strongly mixed feelings about this. Like there's goods and bads that are very interesting here. Yes. Like the bads are uh, having – like it's bad enough the Disney – you can see the bad effects of the Disney monopoly right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where they – Oh, it's terrible. It's like where they own – But they pretty much own the theaters anyway. Yeah, they pretty much own the theaters anyway. They well, own, they own every – Company that sh- makes movies yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, they own just, like what, I forgot some ridiculous amount, like seventy five percent of all yeah. film or something yeah. like that. Right. Now. After acquiring Fox, yeah. like the, the Fox what's Library, left? and then they immediately they're like vaulting all that stuff, and then and then like making you know like making uh, you anticipate when now we're going to let you see Alien again after five years, like. Yeah, like I think <sighs> that that's super trashy and bad, um, and all this stuff should be totally. Filmstruck style all over the place. Right. Like you should have total access to the stuff because it's art and it's good for people. Um, so I'm mostly on that side of the equation. I do think that it is probably the only solution to keep theaters viable as a business. And is I to love have them be bought by Amazon. Is to have them be yeah. bought by Amazon. But they're already like, in a, like AMC owns like almost all the theaters anyway. Well, yeah, it's true, it's but like, like it's like what Cine- Cinemark and AMC are like the two. Yeah. here's the two like, big ones. It, yeah, like my my prediction, and I may be entirely in the United wrong, States at least. Yeah. My, yeah. my prediction is yeah. that Netflix say buys Lemley, right, and uh, and then for an additional four bucks a month, you get to go to that movie theater for free, right, right? and it plays new movies that they have deals with, and it plays other movies that Netflix has the rights to show. 
or maybe premieres of TV series or whatever else well, is popular. And so like the whatever, the Irishman or the premiere of uh, BoJack Horseman or something like that become theater events. And then the theater itself is like you go to the theater for free, but there's like – you know, like food and stuff to sit around and, and like there's a whole experience that you're yeah, going there. Can you imagine a Stranger stuff. Things experience over in movie yeah, theater? Yeah, you, you go to a crowd to see the opening of Stranger Things and like you're and you're in like a like you're at a t- you're like you have you get to buy all sorts of swag. You get to have dinner there. You get all that kind of like you pay for all that. And Whole you Foods, see the movie for free. Amazon, yeah, theater in Whole Foods. <laughs> you just walk in and then oh. download the movie into your. But the thing right. is, like, I do, get like, some hummus and sit down. I want you quite lovely. No, but I mean, as I I love seeing movies hummus in theaters. And- I want something to save movie theaters from just being yes. a blockbuster. I do line. agree that that's what it is. There though. are certain movies that I will only see at the theater, mm-hmm. and I live in I live just over the hill in South LA mm-hmm. or you know north of Inglewood, but. Um, to go see, like, you know, I love, I, as much as I love surrealist films and different, you mm-hmm. know, weird films, and I'll get back to that with Limley in just a second, mm-hmm. but um, I still love going to see, you know, like, you know, the big CG films and oh, stuff. Sure, yeah. Like, I, I want to see my monsters and my aliens. Yeah, huge, that see that you know? big, yeah. So I go see the Marvel films in a theater and stuff, and I went to see Black Panther mm-hmm. um, in Baldwin Hills. Mm-hmm. And the crowd, yeah, it's great. The crowd yeah. was amazing yeah. because it's a mainly African American community, yeah. and with a movie that's really like speaking to their concerns, speaking to them, They're and totally, it was everyone's totally excited about it. And it was amazing. It yeah, was one great. of the loudest theaters I've been yeah, in incredible. to see where people got excited and stuff. Just hit me in the heart. It was yeah, amazing, awesome. and I, I think that's that's what you do miss watching stuff from home. I get to watch my guilty pleasures from home with no judgment. Right. So I like it that. Becomes, watching things at I home like that. is a totally intellectual experience as opposed to an emotional experience. Well, and some of it's, you know, just like I said, guilty pleasures. Like yeah, I, sure. no one needs to see me watch my cheesy rom-coms like, <laughs> like while said, I'm like in my pajamas. refer to me watching season six of Friends. No one wants to see that in the theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would. But, but yes. the thing, the thing that, uh, that would worry me about Netflix taking over Lemley. You know what Brady calls And those? maybe not. He calls those palate cleansers. Oh, I love them. Dude, <laughs> that's good. Gilmore Girls. I can memorize <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Love it. So love great. it. Love it. Yeah, I mean, like, Atlanta may be one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. And I will, I will say that's an incredible work of art. But I am going to be watching an awful lot of Gilmore Girls also. That's <laughs> the way it goes. The way it is. Love that show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Lemley is known for showing very – independent sure. small mm-hmm. release films that only show up in New York, LA and, you know, somewhere else, right. you know, or Atlanta or something. Yeah. Um so my only worry about someone taking over that is that we lose that those independent theaters. Oh yeah, yeah. that show those smaller films that don't get wide releases. Yeah, yeah and this is but maybe it but helps. But don't you think the Netflix streaming is taking care of some of that? For, for a certain, I, I was going to say that for for, like, for a certain style of film, this is totally true, yeah. and I think it's very like. There's plenty of, like bring up like Train to Busan, for instance. Like, I mean, there's plenty of like indie films or Roma. Well, there's another. There's a big version of the same thing. Right. Like it's uh like these are movies that people would not normally go to see. And like Roma is amazing. We said this on the podcast is like Roma is incredible because like here's an entirely unknown um, uh, non-white, non-star cast seen by millions of people in a a beautiful, arty picture. 
And this would never have happened before Netflix. And I totally think that's amazing. Um, but there are certain kinds of films that need to be seen in the theater in order to put yourself in the right sort of frame of mind um, that sort of disappear. And uh, like, I can't imagine uh, this is the easy example, but like, I don't know what 2001 is in this. I don't know where that goes in this format because it's not a blockbuster where people can just go and have fun. And it's not something you can just put on a TV because no one's going to, they'll go get a sandwich or pause it and then never go back mm-hmm. to it. But if you do see that in the proper context, it's mind blowing, but it has to be big and quiet and all you can see. Like that's what it has to be. And that's the, that's the sort of range of picture that needs to find a home. I believe it'll find yeah. a home, but it, but it, but that's what's getting lost currently. Oh. Did y'all ever get a chance to talk about uh, City of God? Oh, I love City. Yeah, love yeah. it. Love so it. that's one that just would amazing in a theater. Yeah, yeah. Visceral, incredible movie, by the way. If anyone's yeah. seen that thing, that it's just that insane. I don't. I mean, you can you can watch it at home, and it's still incredible. It's yeah, it's very good. But I the like it's so just stunning. Yeah, it just wipes you out when you see it in the theater. on the it's big incredible. screen. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I mean, like, the, uh, like I, I tweeted about this, but it's just like I don't believe in you know. There's a magic to go into the theater. I don't believe in any of that stuff. I'm just saying, like, if I could afford a 60 foot wide television and an, a sixteen thousand dollar sound system, I would buy that. Like I would have that at my house yeah. and I'd invite all my friends over every single night to watch movies together. Yeah. I can't afford that. So I go to the movies because I don't have a TV that big and I don't have that many friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's the value of going to the movies. It's incredible. And it focuses you on an event that you don't normally get to focus on. Yeah. And so like, I do think that the idea of opening up this studios up to owning theaters is like, there's benefits to it because then they have sort of skin in the game to, to put their product into theaters, you know, and they can't just make superhero films. Um, and if you're Netflix, you're not going to be making just superhero films because you also need to make these movies to be on Netflix. But do you think it's also saving some of these companies because they might be out of business? Yeah, it could be true. could be true. I mean, like, I, I think that it's – like, I don't think that – like, Apple has gotten off to the wrong foot. Netflix is – still solid like they're holding their own against disney from what i understand business-wise uh disney like we got disney plus and it obviously has a built-in audience age range like it locks off the first like 17 years of people's <laughs> lives and there it is but i'm just scrolling through it myself i was like this this it's neat that they have the black hole and it's neat that they have this but there's nothing on this for me mandalorian maybe you know, there's nothing there for me to experience. You know, it's interesting. What was what was the number one show by far mm. that was seen on Disney Plus in the first week? By far, let me think. Jumanji. I don't know. Number one thing that people were watching don't on know. Disney Plus. Little Mermaid. Fighting UFC. <laughs> you, the UFC channel is amazing on Disney Plus. I don't know. Don't Seriously? Know. No. <laughs> the Simpsons. Oh yeah, that's right. Really? Of course, makes sense. Yeah, because it's not you. you Forgot they had the, that. Fox. The idea is yeah, not yeah. you know. The, here's the example: like, uh, come to see Stranger Things, stay for Frasier, right? Oh, uh, totally. The idea totally. is like you you're attracted by the big bait, by right. the Stranger Things, the Mandalorian, etc. But after you're done with that, 
then you just watch whatever some, else whatever else and it just is your background noise right? right same thing that's that's basically why we watch Frasier a lot at our house right, right? because Frasier that's what you know it's just like we've seen it all before and it's just background noise yeah, it's nice. and it's part yeah. of you staying you know Ha- hearing a joke over and over again and laughing about it, but still being able to do your whatever you want to do. Right. You don't have to do any. You don't have to pay attention to the screen. Right. It's just there as a running joke. Yeah, and 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 to be fair to Friends, Frasier, and Gilmore Girls, these are all actually quite sharp shows. They're they really are. Well, they are. But, yeah, but if you've seen that. it, like you know. We've seen all twelve seasons eight times at yeah, our house. Right. It's ridiculous. How many it, but, but you listen. Been? You watch it mo- almost like you listen to music. Right. Yeah, like, so I like so, these. I like so, these so so that, but that has become the streaming experience. It's right. like you put on that show, and that's just something you put on. Right. 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 And and it that was kind of what used to happen with uh, regular TV. With regular TV yeah. after the news, you leave it on. You leave it on, yeah. and then you watch Frasier and Friends or whatever right. is syndicated on TV. Right. That's what happened. Well, that always said like the thing well, that's that I still want- why they have their lineups on. Thursday night or exactly. whatever. In musty yeah. TV, et cetera. I mean, like, but, like this is what I always said about Netflix. It's like, I want an option with Netflix. I haven't watched actual TV in years. Yeah, oh. sure. But, like, I want an option on Netflix to switch on, just show me random shit. Like, things that you know that I've already watched and already like. Right. And just, put, just let it play until I turn it off. Right. Like, that's what – that's, like, the fantasy version of how I interacted with TV when I was I young. actually was thinking about specifically a, pro, a thing like that, which would, could go through all of your streaming services yeah. and basically make you a playlist. It's like, I want to watch three hours of TV. Right. And it will, it will, it will, it will make Kinda you – Kind of like your like Spotify. A, like a chef. Right. It will make you something like, I'm going to give you three hours of something. But I don't think you think AI time. is eventually going to do that? Oh, that's yeah. That's what I was yeah. – Absolutely. Is that what you just said? said. All right. Sorry. In that that vein, I've always wanted something that I could, you know, because it's still, it kind of has, you know, like Netflix kind of has their algorithm a little bit like suggested for you sort of thing. I don't know how attuned it is, but at the same time, I wish I could check off things that I have seen in other platforms and just be like, I've seen this. You don't have to show me this. Don't show me that. Like, give me something similar to this or like. I'm, well, they, they, I'm in the mood for this, but right. I've already seen it. Yeah. Give me something else. Well, they, yeah. they don't, yeah, they don't do that because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I want to see it again. Right? Well, like, for instance, I would like, I would like an option to, to please never show me this again. <laughs> like, I don't want to – this. I'm never going to watch this. Don't fill up my screen real estate with this ever again. And the only thing that shows up is stuff that I want up. to see. It's, it's, it's just up. up for as far as the eye can see. Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3. Yeah, see? That'd be on mine. It's like, how did that get there? Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, or, or three, three Ninjas. Another, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like, like I, I think that Netflix is, for all of its algorithmic wonder, like still is terrible at predicting what I, I put in. A, I, I go through, I comb through it every month and tell it what I like. And it still is like, what about... This random ass show about cars. I'm like, never, not ever. <laughs> you I, you I know think, this. I think I confuse Netflix because I watch, you know, like I said, like the Brazilian TV show and the Korean melodrama, right, right, and right. the like teenage, you know, You're Christmas an movie, yeah. and just, you know, just like, wait until your kids get older, and then your algorithms will be all screwed up. That's why I have they'll have their own personalities. different personalities. I do, yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, uh, my daughter can get onto my account. And she fucks up your account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she'll be like, oh, I'm going to press this. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting, you know, stupid stuff 
as suggestions, and I'm like, I See, already the, made you an account. The Why way, would the you way go to solve that is go into her account and start liking, you know, Travis Foss Pickle. Binder, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. <laughs> See, my husband and, and I still have different accounts. Like, we'll watch, and that's that's another thing is we'll watch something on his account, right? And then it'll show up on mine. Like, you, what is the, what you, is the flavor of his account versus your account? They're not that different because we tend to take turns watching. You know, does he have worse taste than you? No, I probably have. My he's he's more discerning. He will only watch certain things, or I he see. will just not watch at all. Right. And I I'll be like, I'm in the mood to just watch something. I'll watch right. anything. Doesn't matter. And like I have a I just yeah I'll I consume any movie whatsoever. Like right. my tastes are just it's very whatever mood I'm in. Like I want a sci-fi Same. something. Yeah, for sure. I want a cheesy like I said teenage rom-com right. set at Christmas like you know the Hallmark movies are coming out like There's something about sure. just having something on in the background it's nice. is a very American weird thing I, I did this I did a documentary about this guy who lived in the trailer park and, and, and from, from a lighting point of view it was amazing because he loves to have background lighting just to relax him so he would put on the TV and he had it on I Love Lucy but the sound was off Oh, so yeah. The, so the yeah. movie was just doing that. And then he had an aquarium uh, that was all lit up, but there was no fish in it. Yep. Huh. And, and, and it's just pretty. It was just pretty lighting. Yeah, right. And then he would have the uh, country music station playing. And it was just a surreal experience to be in his trailer as he had, like, the flickering black and white light, the blue light from the aquarium, the country music playing. And he would tell me about his, you know, experience at the at – the, uh, uh, chemical plant. I think that's lovely. Yeah. I think it's quite it's a lovely. great documentary that I worked on. Anyway, I want to wrap it up. All right. Let's Are do you it. guys cool with this? Love Absolutely. It. Okay. Thank you so much, Kat, for coming. Absolutely. That was Thank an excellent you. time. Had, had a blast. Uh, it, was, it was lovely to have you. It's good to see you again. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, how long has it been? What's the total time? Your guess, my friend. Uh, 3.24. Ooh, 3.26. Yeah. Ooh. You are so good. Impressive. Yeah, you're doing you're, – you're, you're getting real close every time. It's really good. Psychic ability, Chris. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he dreamed about it. I know. I he, dreamed about it. Yeah. It came real. You like that song? <laughs> That's pretty good. Sometimes I do that around the house. I just sing songs. Or I'm always screaming at my daughter quickly. Like if I take her to school, it's Operation – Sapphire shoe tree or something like that, and it's like let's go Alpha Company Sapphire. So I'm always got like operations going, like military because I'm nice. a former good. military. So I'm wanting to infuse a lot of that. I, I think, and just you know, seeing how things go in the My future. Former it's not a bad life, idea. yeah, yeah that's how it goes. Military, not so much now. It was the Boer War, but still. Oh, that was a good war, though. Oh, that was fun. The oh, uniforms, yes, so, so crisp, so crisp. It's true. Yeah. Is there anything that anyone wants to recommend that they've seen? Before how about we go? Julian Schnabel's Before Night Falls? <laughs> there it is. Okay, and, and will for you, you watch Kat? that, please? Just I will. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. watch it. Novel. I've seen Basquiat. Before yeah. Night Falls is better. Ugh. That's better, baby. Before Night Check Falls. Check it out. Caviar by Damn Man is powerhouse. Yeah, it's fucking powerhouse. Such a novel. Big fan um, already. <laughs> no, next uh, week will be something else. You, sir, what, what, what's your recommendation for the uh, recent recent stuff? I don't know. I don't really have any recommendations. Nothing? Nothing you've been watching? Nothing caught you off guard? Um. No, you know, I, I just rewatched our third man again recently. Oh, third man? So yeah. Good. Oh, that movie's fucking incredible. I know. It's one of my all time favorites. All time favorites. I, I, I just, I just, it's like, you know, I just, I just needed uh, an impossibly good movie. Yeah. I just saw it. It's yeah. Really so if you're on Criterion, it's there. Fucking third man. You can, mm, whew, Joseph Cotton. 
yeah. sweetness. Orson Welles. Spoiler alert. Orson Welles was in that. Yeah. Um, and possibly uh, and one of my single favorite scenes ever is the Ferris wheel scene. I love the oh, Ferris yeah. wheel scene. Oh, the Ferris wheel I've scene. I've ridden on it. On that very Ferris wheel? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, fucking it's great, like the man. It's like the Plata in Vienna. Oh, it's Ooh, the fucking yeah. best. When, when, when Wells is like... Is his name Harry? Yeah, yeah, Harry Lime. Yeah. Uh, it's an so. interesting Ferris wheel because the Ferris wheel itself is pretty much designed like a bicycle wheel. It's actually a tension. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a cable. That's, so, that's, but it's turning it. No, 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 no. Holding so, everything together. So holding everything together. Like right. So you know, like a, like a right. bicycle wheel. Yeah, 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 they're, they're, they're just there's it's it's basically just one side holds the other side up, yeah, right? right? So it's basically cables that hold. it. It's a very interesting Ferris that's wheel. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, um, well, if anyone hasn't seen that, definitely Third Man, four stars, A plus movie <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend four out of twelve. Uh, four out of twelve. <laughs> Ten, twelve out of nine. Uh, the uh, I'm going to recommend the movie that nobody saw, Doctor Sleep. Which was Ooh. fucking awesome. Oh, oh really? The shining Un- thing. Right? Fucking believable. Well, so that was, good. That's another movie that was doomed from the start, right? Doomed. Doomed. I don't know what. I don't, Same thing with, and we talked about it on the last one when we talked about uh, Terminator, which none of us had probably seen. Did you right. see Terminator? I did not. I no, did me not. neither. And yeah. I'm probably going to see it tomorrow because I think I'm going to get Tim back on the podcast. So. Oh, great. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, yeah. So. Yeah, well, I would say uh, Dr. Sleep is, um, it is, uh, like I, I said to a friend of mine at work, I was like, it, Dr. Sleeper realizes that the idea of making the se- a sequel to The Shining is like making a sequel to the Mona Lisa. Right. And like it's not even – you can't even conceive of what it would be to do that. Right. And so instead they make this entirely bizarre other movie that has tonally nothing to do with The Shining whatsoever. Right. And treats The Shining – that's the best way to say this. This doesn't give anything away. The way that this movie interacts with The Shining, and it does heavily, is as if The Shining actually happened – and someone made a movie of it in that universe starring Jack Nicholson. <laughs> so it's right. like this weird intertextual experience of watching this movie. Because the movie you're watching is actually a superhero movie, which right. is insane. And it's incredibly scary and beautiful. But it's nowhere it, related. It's no way related, except it's totally related. Right. But definitely go to see it. It's it's a very it's and the final note I have on that is that that guy has made a lot of movies for Netflix. And this has found uh, elements of what makes Netflix movies work and has transported them back to the movie theater. And so it was like it was a weird experience. Interesting. That it was a very Netflixy thing to watch, but I was watching it in a the movie theater and it was really exciting. So Doctor Sleep, if it's still showing, go see it. Yep. Nice. It's great stuff. Anyone else? Nice. Uh, I'm I'm honestly behind on my movies, so I got I But I like the suggestion your Brazilian uh show three percent three percent three percent that yeah. sounds interesting i it's actually dystopian you know i like it yeah, i like, I, like I watch i was yeah, watching for a little bit uh what was it the the 100 or whatever it was oh yeah yeah i've i've watched all that <laughs> yeah. I did, yeah. I I, a friend like, of mine's editing i was into and it and then i was after a while i just got too soap opera-y and i this, just couldn't get with it this anyway. last season was a little little bit of a stretch yeah. but i honestly i'm i'm still in I'm still gonna uh, watch it. <laughs> that you got like as much. I, if I ever high horse about anything, say like up. I uh, please keep in mind that I have watched almost all now of Z Nation, and I love it. Oh, that's a good one. It's a trash show, but it's so fucking fun. It's unbelievable. I've started and watching uh, Eric. Your recommendation is Schnobber, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Schnobber. Four Night Falls. Yep, there it is. All right, uh, everybody. Yeah. Thanks all very right. much. Thank yeah. you. Thank have you. A good Thank night. you for coming. All right, drink, talk, drink. drink.